Okay, people, I believe we are live, I believe. So, unfortunately, today you have just me, because Ben has gone on holiday, and Adam has gone absent, without leave. So, you're left with me. So, hello, hello, and um, and welcome. I shall endeavour to try and work my way through this, as I do absolutely everything. Um, ben, as always, decided to play Fortnite instead of helping me set everything up. And um, it's only on YouTube, because Restream was sending it to the wrong YouTube channel. <laughs> so, we're on YouTube, and that's it, chaps. Um, if you are looking for it on Twitch, <laughs> you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're on Twitch, you're not hearing me. <laughs> so, anyway, there we go. Um, I thought I would uh, start the preamble with um, this chap. So, Jeff Moody, the director of commercial space flight in Cornwall, is um, is saying they're going ahead or they're getting ready to to have their first rocket launch from UK soil. Now, I don't know why. I really don't because. If you're launching from UK soil, you're pretty high up latitude-wise. Normally, you try and get as close to the equator as you can when you're launching rockets. That's why Florida's pretty good. California's okay. Um, and, and Ariane uses um, French Guiana or something like that, or, um, or part of uh, some island somewhere in the middle of the, the Atlantic. So, I, I really don't know why we would be uh, launching from... From the UK, unless we're going for a polar type of orbit, where we go around the around the planet the wrong way, so to speak, you know, from top to bottom. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, let's crack on. Welcome to this episode 185 of Chasing Descent Live with me, John. <laughs> To my party, we're just getting started. A life is a dream or a nightmare scarring. Hand me a drink, cause I think I'm going all in. Get me a shrink, who can catch me when I'm falling? Cover up my scars, flip the handlebars, crash it in my car. Wake up in a bar, I'll be a superstar. Just have my avatar, this world is so bizarre. And there we go. I think I managed to successfully run the intro. So, <laughs> moving on to the, 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 the mood of the day, um, and Prince Harry's boast that he managed to kill, what was it, 25, um, 25 Taliban fighters or something? And I think, it's an, I think it's a boast, because real soldiers don't tell you how many people they killed. As someone said, it's like asking a woman how many men they have slept with. One keeps it to oneself, indeed. So, I think he's kind of put himself in a bit of danger here, though, and because, because you know, I mean, look at old Salman Rushdie. He wrote a book and ended up getting stabbed on stage and, and life-changing injuries. I mean, the guy's never going to be right again. Yes, he's, he's quite old, but that doesn't excuse it, you know. I mean, the guy was out like, giving a speech and next thing you know, he's lying in a hospital and that's it. And Harry's um, he's putting he's putting a target on his back, and he's putting a target on his wife's back, and he's rented children's uh, sorry his children's back. Um, so there you go. So Harry, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? 
<laughs> the Telegraph, um, which I never pay for because I do not pay for my propaganda. Um, but their headline is, is fairly straightforward. Um, Conservative voters now think the cost of Brexit outweighs its benefits for the first time. Well, I don't think it's the cost of Brexit that's outweighing its benefit. I think it's the fact that the government's costs are outweighing their benefits because everything that's gone wrong and everything that's created problems has been the fault of the government and not so much Brexit. There's no reason um, to, to pander to the EU if you're not going to be part of it, but that's what they keep doing. They keep pandering to it, they keep changing things, they keep making accommodations. I mean, our trade, our trade with the EU has actually gone up, I think, and not by an insubstantial amount. It's like two, two billion or something since we left. So, so there's no reason for it to really be costing as much. It costs individuals more. And it costs individual firms more because things have changed there. So you're getting things like um, you're getting things like you know you're not getting your VAT back and stuff like that, and or you're you're having to pay VAT, and and it's making life very difficult when you try and transport stuff to and from the EU. But that's something that could be could be worked out with proper you know a, a proper agreement. And there's no reason why we can't have a proper agreement without being part of the EU. I mean, look at Switzerland. Switzerland isn't part of the EU. Um, Norway is only part of the trading bloc as such. It's not part of the EU. So I, I really don't understand why it needs to be such a problem. Because if the will was there, you could actually work it out. And, and I think that's the problem. The government don't want to work it out. Because ultimately, and they're right enough when you look at it, the Conservative government was a party of Remainers. I mean, remember David Cameron. He resigned... He resigned when um, when he when he, he lost the vote, and everybody said, "No, we're leaving." Um, so that that's not that's not the actions of someone who um, is is prepared to bend to the will of the people. You know, that's the actions of someone who threw his toys out the pram. Um, I was very very disgusted with Cameron when he did that. It's it's just not on, not on. Right, moving on. Speaking of governments, so this is Switzerland, and in Switzerland operate a more. Di- I, I, I've banged on about it before in the past. They operate a more direct democracy than we do, in that the, some of the big issues go to like a referendum and people vote on them. Now I know people say that that's basically majority rule, and you know you're you're getting it's not really democracy. It's just the people voting, and and it's the the will of the the majority. But is that not what democracy really should be? Because at the moment, the will of the people that vote for our representatives, right, is always going to be a minority. And when those representatives get to parliament and start to represent us, they're representing a minority that voted for them, and then they're representing a minority of their own interests generally. So I can't see any downside to having a wider and and a more inclusive democracy where more people vote. Yes, you will get maybe some some bad decisions, but let's face it, people, we're getting some pretty bad decisions just just now from our current government. So, you know, I'm strongly in favour of much smaller government and much more representation. So in this day and age... Why can't why can't we vote? You know, because the technology is there. So why can't we vote individually? 
you know, I mean, they used to, for, for fuck's sake, they, they did it in Athens way back in, at the dawn of civilization. you know. Instead of having, okay, the whole city voting, but you had over a thousand people representing the city, and, and the city wasn't huge at that point, remember? So you had over a thousand people would would take votes and things, not not like the the six hundred people that are now representing sixty five million or seventy million people. So they're not representing us; they're representing themselves. I'm sorry about the rain, but it's Scotland and it rains all the freaking time. It's set to rain all week. And, and Vice President Kamala Harris is now now saying the cost of insulin that, that people co-pay, so they pay part of it, is now $35 a month, thanks to our Inflation Reduction Act. Hold on a minute, Kamala. Wasn't that what Donald Trump did, like, five or six years ago? It was down to 35 bucks. And you cancelled it. In fact, the first thing Biden did when he got into power was he cancelled the cap. And now you've brought it back and claiming it as your own. These people are unbelievable. I mean, that this is just rampant in government. You know, you, you do things that another government did and then claim it as your own. Or you blame something that another government did that you actually did and you know say it's their fault and that's why everything's in a mess so you blame the last government and I mean much like our prime minister is probably blaming the last prime minister or the prime minister before that for all the faults that have gone wrong when he was the freaking chancellor <laughs> so if he couldn't blame anyone for the economy he can only look to himself but no and, and on, on that Point, why does Rishi Sunuk speak to everyone as if they are the held back class at primary school? He talks down to absolutely everyone as if they're some kind of moron. I really do not like his approach at all. I don't like the man. I think he's condescending and patronising. And I think he doesn't really have a clue how real people have to live. And he is completely divorced from reality. He just, he, he's just... He's a he's non-entity and he's short and you can never trust short people because you always have short person syndrome. Big chips on shoulders, short people. And and if you're out there and you're short, you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> you do. You're aggressive little shit, aren't you? <laughs> now, um, this is um, the, the mother of Ashley Babbitt. And Ashley Babbitt was the sole person that was killed during the January the 6th um, insurrection in uh, in America, and she was shot. I think she was shot by a Capitol police officer um, while in the Capitol building. She was unarmed. Her mother, um, obviously, was not celebrating, um, holding a memorial for her, was on the road. Now it may be that she did obstruct traffic or whatever, but. I think there's a more sensible way of dealing with someone like this rather than arresting them for jaywalking and obstructing traffic. I mean, really? I mean, this woman has lost her daughter to the police, the Capitol Police, who then arrest her and charge her with jaywalking and obstructing traffic. It doesn't seem to me to be a very good way of believing people. Uh, not believing people, a very good way of dealing with people who are probably and, and will be still in mourning. 
you know it's just insensitive in the extreme and 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 just another um just another way in which the um the federal organizations show their loyalty to a particular party rather than you know rather than the people that they should be representing so uh, disgusted again I'm disgusted a lot today hey <laughs> What is this? What is this cold wave shock? So 25 die of heart attacks, brain strokes in a day, right? In Kampur. Now, why? Why in Uttar Pradesh does the the cold weather kill people? Because it gets cold there at times. You know, it's not like, it's not all sweetness and light. I mean, I've seen the temperature change here, like 10, 12 degrees in the space of eight hours. You know, you can go from like twelve or fourteen degrees to minus four, and so you're even you're changing more, and yet nobody dies. So I think this is a very strange report. A cold wave, you know. So it gets cold and people start dying. Now people do die more in the cold than they do in the heat, but how do people manage to survive in Canada where it gets down to like minus forty, and Sweden where it's it's cold, you know, for the majority of the winter. You know, you're knee deep in snow all the time. How do these people survive? How can, how can they manage? I think there may be something. There may be something else. You know what it is! And there comes the voice of Ben. <laughs> Isn't it nice to hear him? Or not, as the case may be. <laughs> it was Spencer. Anyway, um, what I need to do is probably remind you that... Um, that we that we need your support in order to carry this on and to do that you can um, support us at patreon.com forward slash chasing descent or you can support us at ko-fi.com forward slash chasing descent that way <laughs> down there <laughs> so it's difficult when everything's not mirrored um, so yeah, yeah, you could do that, um, and I'll post that in the chat. Please excuse me as I do this because obviously it looks like I'm not paying attention, but I am. I am always paying attention to you, chaps, because you are the very reason that we are here. Now, I'd like to ask people that are involved in the NHS because I haven't been to hospital for some quite time. This guy, um, this this report came out in the Liverpool Echo, and the guy took his his father to. Uh, the hospital because he'd had a heart attack or a suspected heart attack right and he was hanging about the hospital and he said it was like a doomsday scene and there was people all over the place so I'd like to actually find out what's happening in hospitals in any departments is it as bad as people say um, is it a doomsday scene are there people you know he said there was like 12 ambulances outside and people were stuck in them and all the lights were going and you know it sounds it sounds a bit over dramatic it might not be um, but, you know, eventually he said he had to put his father in a treatment room because there was no seats and all this. And and um, <laughs> it's when it comes down to it, there was nothing wrong with him. He had a bit of muscle pain in his back, so they sent him home. Right? Now, why? Why did he feel the need to have to go to A&E? Did he not approach um, NHS 24 or whatever? Could he not get through? Um, could he not get through to his doctor? Did he try phoning his doctor's surgery? Or he would probably just go, oh, go to the on-call doctors at the hospitals. See, this is a problem because 
A&E departments aren't A&E departments anymore because they're not just for accidents and emergencies. They get filled up with people who are going to out of out of orders, uh, out of hours doctors. Because you used to be when you phoned your doctor, there was an on-call doctor, and he would come and see you if he thought he had to, or he would phone you and tell you what he thought you had to do, right? But now their on-call doctor service is handled at the ho- the local hospital where it is up here. So what happens is if you're out of hours, and let's face it, doctors don't do a lot of hours. And before you castigate me, they don't do a lot of hours where you as a person can actually speak to them because, you know, they maybe start at, well, the receptionist starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, the doctor's appointment starts at 9 or whatever, they finish for lunch and then they do another couple of hours in the afternoon. So your your window for, of opportunity for speaking or going to the doctors is low. It's even lower since they stopped actually practicing as doctors in some cases, and and therefore you're going to probably, if you're if you're inconveniently having uh, what you think is a serious problem out with doctor's hours, you're going to have to speak to the on-call doctor, and the on-call doctor is always at the hospital. So you end up at the hospital. So no matter how you work this out, more and more people are going to hospitals. And hospitals seem to be particularly ill-equipped to deal with people, because one, we're cutting down the amount of beds, we're cutting down the amount of staff, we're cutting, you know, everything's getting cut. We're, we're cutting down the amount of hospitals, we build bigger hospitals and then don't staff them. So what exactly is it you're trying to do? Is the government trying to just run the NHS down to the point where they will sell it and then we all have to pay at the point of need? Or or what? I think I think, um, I think we really know the answer, don't we? Yeah, we know the answer. <sighs> um, there's been quite a few of these come out this week. Um, couple of studies um, on the efficacy of masks and whether they make a difference or not to your um, ability to catch respiratory diseases or whatever and and they're saying even the N95 has been called into question now and and if you remember that kind of backed up by the data that that Ben had uh, mentioned from Germany where there was really no difference because they prescribed N95 masks there, and you you had to wear an N95 mask, and really their um, their, their transmission rates, their overall disease rates, everything was very similar to regions that didn't have either any restrictions or or just wore face coverings generally. So it would appear that, as we suspected, it doesn't make an awful lot of difference in your choice. These people that are still hanging on to them, why? Why? And remember, current government advice is to wear one if you have symptoms and are feeling unwell, right? That's current government advice. But if it doesn't necessarily do anything, why would you do that? And why would the government advise that? Strange. Strange times we live in that we have to do all these signalling, you know, to make people happy. Now, um, this is obviously hearsay. This is Justin Trudeau's brother. And he is saying 
that the WF has compromising material on Justin that keeps him in check. <laughs> well, it must be some bloody good material because there's more than keep him in check. The guy's a raving tyrannicist. <laughs> He's a complete out-and-out dictator. Um, so yes, I believe he is a pawn of the global elite, but I'm not quite sure that they have anything on him. I think he's maybe just bought into the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker. Um, but you know, if anything, if you have anything, um, if if Justin's brother has anything to back that up, it would be good to see it. But you know, he says he'll say anyone. Anyone can say anything about anyone, to some degree. Um, but you know, you don't know. You don't know if it's true or not. Anyway, what's happening in the chat? Anybody? We're very quiet in the chat today. I see Vaughn, Milton Mushroom, Spencer, and um, and and Belladonna. Hello, and Beats Crates. So that's good. That's good. Um, what's happening, guys? Is this your first full week back at work? Are you all excited for it? Ready to go? Um. Still battling with trains and strikes, no doubt. Um, speaking of hearsay, Substack, Joe Biden's director of digital strategy, Rob Flarty, pressured Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson. Now, it's a redacted, printed email, so the the efficacy of it, the veracity of it cannot be confirmed. But it certainly... Um, it certainly isn't something that would surprise me in the light of much of the information that's come out of the Twitter files regarding the government's censorship of social media and uh, the way the way that they're doing things. So, yeah, I, I could under I could believe this. I could believe it, um, and I could believe that they would go after Tucker because Tucker isn't he isn't the most um, or he isn't the best at following the narrative, should we say? So he's. Um, He's probably said too much for them to be happy with him, especially the Biden administration, who um, who'd like to keep control of things, don't they? They really they don't like people thinking for themselves. They don't want people to, to talk um, amongst themselves. They don't want them to talk to the public. And they don't really want them to tell things that they haven't approved and, and they don't approve of. Speaking of not approving... Mr. Djokovic won the Australian Open, didn't he? So, after getting booted out last year, uh, he goes back this year. I, I, I don't even know if I'd have gone back, to be fair. But he goes back this year and wins. Um, but he still can't play in America. Because, as you know, America have extended their emergency legislation until the 10th of April. So you need to have your full course of treatment in order to enter America. Unless, of course, you enter over the southern border in an illegal manner and then get bussed up to Kamala's house in Washington or wherever it is. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so, well done. Well done, Novak. Um, this is the former Russian pres president, uh, Dmitry Menvedev. Now, he's a bit of a hardliner, OK? <laughs> when he calls for warships with hypersonic missiles to be stationed off the coast of America I think what he's doing is he's pointing out that America has you know a stack a stack of nuclear weapons sitting in the in 
the EU and Europe generally um, that that would deliberately well, that would are obviously very close to Russia and what he's saying is we've got nothing near you. So I think what he's saying is he wants to put the warships here to give them a a kind of feeling of um, what it's like to be Russian. Now, I'm not supporting either side here. Nuclear weapons are... um, There's probably something that... I was going to say they've probably not... They've probably stopped us having another world war. But they haven't really stopped us having wars because with 200... What was it? 201 incursions on foreign soil since 1945 America's really America's really never taken its foot off the gas because you know when you've got a huge military industrial complex to keep fed um, you've got to keep churning out all the kit and, and that's why this proxy war that they're having with uh, Russia and Ukraine is really doing them good because they are they're getting through a lot of kit. I mean, they're getting rid of all their old stuff. France is getting rid of all their old wheeled tanks and buying new wheeled tanks. Um, you know, Germany's giving away their old kit, and, and and everybody's getting rid of all the rubbish, and they're sending it off to Ukraine to get blown up by the Russians. So it, it's kind of win-win for everyone at the moment, um, apart from the people of Ukraine who are probably you know getting everything ruined, businesses, lives, education. Um, you know, the, I mean, it, it can't be nice living in a, a war zone, especially if Russia starts to up the ante, which um, there's a lot of talk about them upping the ante, ante once the spring starts to come in, which is only a couple of months away. Um, all the... All the all that America are doing is prolonging this. All that Europe's doing is prolonging this by giving Ukraine more, more arms. Um, Ukraine's propaganda has gone into high gear again. They they always claim they're winning, but I've seen videos. I saw some videos last night of them loading bodies onto the back of a truck, um, dead Ukrainian bodies, soldiers, um, and and quite high numbers. Russia are claiming they've wiped out like. 1,200 people yesterday, which isn't, you know, isn't great for either side because both are losing. U.S. intelligence reckons for every one Russian, 10 Ukrainians go. So that, to me, isn't uh, isn't something that any side is winning because um, there'll be a lot of losses both sides, but the losses on the Ukrainian side are probably much, much higher than we're being told. And... Um, they're going to run out. They're going to run out of people. And they're going to run out. Well, they're not going to run out of equipment because the US and the EU are still going to keep pumping them full of it. But they're going to run out of people to to use it. And then what's going to happen? Because that's the big question. What's going to happen then? Um, and that's the point where somebody starts to get desperate, and uh, you, you you don't know what direction that takes. I have gone the wrong way. My mistake. Speaking of dictators and tyrannists, um, the Victorian government is now set to seize private property if it fails energy efficiency tests. So you've got to have your home properly insulated and using the right things to heat it or cool it or whatever, or they're going to take your house off you. So you people that buy houses, remember, and although this is Australia... You know, you try 
not paying your council tax for three or four months and see how long you keep your house. Because um, even if you own your house outright, you never really own it. Because if you stop paying the tax on it, it's not your house anymore, is it? Or you lose your job and you can't afford to pay your debts and they sell your house to pay your debts. It's not your house, is it? So really, does anyone ever own a house? Hmm, good point. <sighs> we never saw this one coming, did we? In Scotland. So, trans inmates are revert... Well, trans inmates who um, identified as female when sent to prison, when they're being released after serving their sentence, are reverting back to being males. We were told this wouldn't happen because, of course, who would do that? Who would do such a thing? Who would pretend to be a woman in order to serve their sentence in a woman's jail as a man and then become a man again once they've been released? It's baffling, isn't it? Who would do such a thing? <laughs> it's baffling that... It's baffling that anyone doesn't do this these days if they get sent to jail. Uh, and this is quite disturbing. This was quite local to me. This is Renfrew, which is not far away. Um, this young woman was found dead at home after her online friends raised the alarm. She apparently was a fervent gamer. Um, as you see from the chat, they wished each other a happy new year. And then she was found on the 3rd of January dead in her house of unexplained causes. I had no foul play or suspicious circumstances, just unexplained causes, which is quite worrying. You know what it is! Now, I have no idea what this is. Um, the Guardian, as always, jumps the shark. This is just ridiculous. How to turn overripe banana skins into bacon? No, you cannot turn overripe banana skins into bacon. I think what they've done is just burnt overripe banana skins and said, here, chew on this. It's a bit like bacon in that it might be chewy and a bit crunchy, but it won't taste anything like it and it won't do you any bloody good because it's an overripe banana skin. <laughs> That's his madness. Why would you want to eat this crap? <laughs> it's like it's like insects. Insects are not good for you. They're full of chitin. It's not good. Cuts you into little bits. <clears throat> Speaking of social media censorship, what we have here is the spectator wanted to run this as a cover and Facebook told them they can't run it as an advert because it's offensive. To whom? To the idiot that's running the White House. Because he... Who's going to offend him? He doesn't know if it's Monday or, or 2018. He's he's completely lost it. And, and this is quite a good cover. It's quite witty. It's humorous. So why can't the spectator use that? Because this is ridiculous. If you cannot mock your leaders... And there's a problem, because we shouldn't even be using the word leader, because these people are not leading us. 
they're controlling us. If you can't mock your controllers, who the hell can you mock? And why can't you mock your controllers? It's like the world has really descended into the annals of 1984. It's, it's Minority Report. It's thought crimes. It's controlling your speech. You can't say anything bad about anything. It's just crazy. Oh, So let's have a quick look at the chat. How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, you know what it is. Um, if brother gets accident, right? Yep, yep. Uh, Ukraine reportedly recruiting by force. Hmm, that would be interesting. Um, well, did you did you not see the thing? I thought did I put it in a short? But they were welding tank. Well, see, there was a report that the Russians had a tank drive up to them. Right, gun turned away. Tank drives up to them. And then tapping from inside the tank in the form of dash, 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 dot, 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 dash, 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 or the other way around, whatever one's SOS, right? And when they went to open the tank, the hatches were welded shut. So they prized them open and the Ukrainians came out and surrendered. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if it's true. There was a video. Anyone can fake a video because, let's face it, they have done so in the past, especially one side who is a penchant for using video game footage um, and purporting it as real. But anyone can fake a video, so I don't know if it's true or not. But it's certainly worth investigation. Um, and if they are recruiting by force, that's, that we're getting to the point where they are starting to run out, yeah. Um, well, um, I don't think it's going. I think it's going to be a while before Russia would run out because they've got. I think they have. I think they've got two divisions of people ready to join the battlefield. Um, so, they, they've got a lot of people, or they've got a lot more people in Ukraine. But then again, you know, uh, apparently a lot of people left Russia um, when the mandatory call-up came out. Right, so, so this is real, okay? I, I've done a wee bit of digging. This is real, right? So Wells Fargo has fired its vice president of operations in India, Shankar Mishra, after he urinated on a 72-year-old woman on a business class flight from New York to New Delhi. The mind boggles, okay? The mind boggles, because how, how did they even come about? But it gets worse, because... His defence, and this is defence apparently, he is saying it was consensual. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> what the hell is going on in this airline? <laughs> People are urinating on each other in business class. Um, so anyway, his, in his defence it was consensual, right? Um, and he paid for her dry cleaning. <laughs> But on the other hand, since he arrived in, uh, in India, he has gone AWOL. The police are looking to speak to him, but no one can find him. Um, so, Wells Fargo have <laughs> said he doesn't work for them anymore. He's been fired. <sighs> I mean, you'd think in an initial glance this was just a pish story, but it's... There's more to it. 
Why, why, why would you want a prime drink, Vaughn? Why would one of the guys in the office want that? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, what's that? That's Logan Paul's drink, isn't it, Prime? Yeah, I mean, these people that were queuing up and breaking down barriers and things to get to it, they're obviously just trying to sell it. Absolute ideas. Idiots. Idiots. Now, uh, a scientific American, you disturb me. Now, this is the American football player, the black American football player who received a tackle. And they started talking about this thing about this commodial cordus or whatever. But it then turned out he had a second heart attack and had to be revived a second time in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Which makes it very unlikely that that was the, the original diagnosis that he came up with was uh, was real. So this guy, um, I, I don't I, I don't understand this headline because it says his collapse highlights the violence black men experience in football. Hold on a minute, have you seen American football? Everyone experiences violence. I mean, you deliberately run at someone and hit them as hard as you can to knock them down. When they've not got the ball, <laughs> if they've got the ball, you hit them even harder. But you know, you you do this all the time. It happens all the time. It doesn't matter what color you are in American football, and, and how can you even tell half the time? Because you're, you're not you. You've got someone to mark. You go and mark them. You go and hit them. You hit them hard because you want to put them down. This isn't about color. It's not about race. This is a ridiculous statement. An absolutely ridiculous statement to make. It's like, oh, it's just, it's a joke. It really, it must be a joke. I can't, I can't get my head around it at all. <laughs> this, this is a very poor taste. So following on from the last slide, where the guy collapsed on the field, right? the Pittsburgh, well, I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, they used to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, have then gone and mocked his resuscitation by doing it as a celebration after after scoring. <laughs> so they've done a mock CPR <laughs> on their field after they've scored. I mean, that is a really, really poor... It's funny, but it's in very poor taste. Um, apparently it wasn't received terribly well by the crowd. I can understand why, because it was really only uh, two or three days from the, the guy nearly died. Um, but, oh, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. But, hey, they did it. They'll probably get a fine for it. <laughs> Speaking of... Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> This is like this is like the irony gone mad because Katie Price Katie Price, aka Jordan, is gonna be a life coach. <laughs> what you gonna coach you to do? <laughs> Make you look like a cat? <laughs> she says her life she's had a few ups and downs in her life. <laughs> I'll bet she has. But now she wants to use her turbulent experiences to help others as a life coach. I'm losing the ability to speak. Be 
Because this is ridiculous. What is what? I mean, who who genuinely would um would ask for life advice from Katie Price? You know, I mean, how many times has she been caught drunk driving and rolling cars and? How many men has she left in her wake? How many kids has she had? Uh, I, I just can't. And she, I mean, how many bankruptcies? I just can't see how she could be coaching anyone. Or is she just? What is she going to say? This is what I did wrong. Don't do it. This is what I did wrong. Don't do it. That might work. She might be onto something actually there. Maybe maybe that's what she's going to do. <laughs> Tony's got a, Tony's got a point there. It's like Pete Best leaving a band to become a careers advisor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so anyway, that's um, that's Katie's. That's that's Katie. And 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 that's it. Oh my God, that's it. We've come to the end of this. We've come. Well, we've come to the end of the of the slides. We've, uh, we've gone through them quite quickly because we obviously didn't have Ben chipping in. And and giving us these two pennyworth. Um, I hope he's having a nice time. Hope you're having a nice time, Ben. We're thinking of you. Thinking of you. Hope you don't overdose in sugar. Hope you don't die. <laughs> but yeah, have a nice time. Um, and in, in in that area, and and we we'll hope to hear from you. Um, on your on your vlog of uh, going for a drive on the other channel. That's the other channel, which is a hundred acre swamp, and you'll find that on um, in YouTube if you if you search for it. Um, I'd like to remind you all that if you are enjoying the show, we would love it if you could uh, support us on Patreon.com forward slash Chasing Descent or on Kofi. That's ko-fi.com. Chasing forward slash chasing descent. Um, if anyone does, and it does work, it does work because um, I tested it. It works on mine. Um, if anyone supports us during the show, what happens is uh, the siren goes off and it reads out your message in a robotic voice as it scrolls slowly up the screen. <laughs> so you do get you do get the opportunity to interrupt me or or Ben um, when he's on. So we'll be back, as always, on Wednesday. Tuesday is our video production day, so um, ben is, uh, Ben's got some videos in production, so we're looking forward to seeing them. And um, we're still working on the review of the year. Um, having been let down by our friend, um, we may have to do some more thinking about that. I need to lose weight because um, my good camera's broken and I'm using the webcam and it makes me look even fatter. Well... Does that make me look fatter, or is it the fat that makes me look fatter? So um, I, I shall be uh, trying to lose weight now after Christmas and New Year, because I, I did put weight on. I have put weight on. Um, other than that, I'd, uh, I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for attending this, um, my solo venture into the news. I hope it's been okay. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. It's been quicker than normal, but not bad. We're still about 45 minutes, so that's that's reasonable entertainment for one person. Um, and I've had to do all the talking, apart from the odd time when Ben has chipped in with, you know where it is. But yeah, 
Um, I hope it's not been too boring and um, not been too bad for you. And we will see you on Wednesday. And I think we may have Ben on um, from from a foreign country. So we'll see how that goes. Meantime, thank you for attending this episode 185 of Chasing Descent Live with me, John. And see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up Build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave NASA is sharing the sound of a black hole, and it's kind of creating a buzz on social media. Apparently so. Take a listen. So that we can hear it. And I have worried about whether or not I will have to leave the house because I can't afford to heat it. Official figures show there are between 7,000 and 8,000 homeless veterans across Britain. Small business owners are getting absolutely decimated. Those are the people's priorities. Downright scariest ways that governments control your behavior. Then let's play Freddy and Ashley. They are your government's priorities. Five promises. We will halve inflation, grow the economy, reduce debt, cut waiting lists, and stop the boats. Five promises. Five promises. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. Second Amendment is not absolute. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. I'm a little concerned that that move by Gina McCarthy, shocking disregard for the rule of law in America. I'm a this is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. The U.S. military is helping the Saudis plan bombing missions over Yemen. We do not encourage violence. Didn't know what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. We are still an America that believes in honesty, decency, and respect for others. So I keep getting um, crickets in my house. I don't know why. I've never had a cricket problem before, but I, I looked it up and apparently it's, it's really bad luck to kick them out of your house.
Like, you're not supposed to kick them out of your house, but, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, let you stay here? Now there's, like, 36 crickets running around. Because I did kick out one, and let me tell you, I had a really, really horrible week after that. And now they're just running around. And I'm like, please move. I just want to make a piece of toast, and you're in my way. And I open a cabinet, and it's just like, oh, hey, cricket, that I can't kick out of my house. Can you please just leave? I don't want to kick you out. I just want to ask you nicely to leave. My house is just infested with crickets. There's nothing I can do about it. Shut up, shut up. Who is that? That's my line. Who have we here? Well, well, well. <laughs> good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Ben. Good to see you, old boy. Yeah, it's good to see me too. It is. It's great to see you, mate. Great to you see, see you. See what I did there. See what I did there. Yes, yes, I did. I know. Anyway, um, yeah, so I hope um, I hope everyone liked our little pre-roll. I think that was good. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Bella says in the chat, was that the British satellite launch? <laughs> we'll come to that. We'll come to that. <laughs> I'm sure we will. I, I mean, I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. You are going to have to explain a lot of the news of the last couple of days to me. I have been yeah. detoxing. Yeah, no, and and quite rightly too, mate. Quite rightly too. Um, so just before we um, we run into the the show, and yeah, detoxing by not drinking sugar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as we uh, run into the the sh the show's intro, um, we were going to have a quick preamble like we normally do, and and tonight our great leader is going to speak to us. Dear leader. Dear leader. dear leader, yeah, dear leader, we're delivering for you, and he's going to explain how. 1825 on ITV and 1855 on BBC One. Hold on, dear leader, hold on. What if you don't have a TV licence and can't watch live TV? What's, what's a TV licence? Exactly. <laughs> I won't be watching you on either of those two channels. I'm sure it will also be broadcast on the number 10 YouTube channel and Twitter account. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so, mate. I th oh, and with that, I'm going to welcome you to episode 186 of Chasing Descent Live with me, John, and with Ben from another continent. Same continent. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome to my party, we're just getting started A life is a dream or a nightmare starring Hand me a drink cause I think I'm going all in Get me a shrink, who can catch me when I'm falling Cover up my scars, flip the handlebars Crash it in my car, wake up in a bar I'll be a superstar, just on my avatar This world is so bizarre So, um, I'm with, the, with the pre-roll today and I'm currently working on an extension to the outro. He is, because I told him to. Yeah, he told me it was too short, and he was just getting into it, and then it cut off. So, I'm going to give you more, baby. Um, if you, because uh, I was right. Yeah, well, it depends. If if the public want more, I'll give them more. If they don't like it, you know, um, just let us know. Let us know, because we will we will not pander to you. No, we will take you. We will take your. Criticisms on board, decide whether or not we like it, then do what we like. Yes. That's what we'll do. That, that's generally what we do, isn't it, mate? Well, it generally it's, is. It's the best way to be. I mean, Belladonna put it succinctly in the chat. Uh, I don't have a leader. Well, we don't have a leader. We, no. We, we, we might deliver for you, but we don't deliver to you. That's true. Mm. That's true. And there we go. And Good there stuff. we go. So, <clears throat> let's start off with... Um, Let's start off with Albert, okay? So Albert's pushing um, his new treatment. He's got a new treatment that treats... This is Albert, this is Stefan Bamsel. Oh, right, okay, well, sorry, it's Albert's company, isn't it? Oh, no, no it's not, no, it's not. Uh, my, my mistake, this is Moderna, right? So Moderna's, yeah. Moderna's come out. This, remember, Moderna, the company that never, never brought a product to market. <laughs> Okay, until its last one <laughs> has come out with a new treatment to treat heart failure patients. So they're going to inject mRNA into people's hearts after mm -hmm. a heart attack to grow back new blood vessels and revascularize the heart. Okay. I tell you what, I mean... He, he, he does say that it sounds a bit science fiction, and he, he did have me at that because it sounds like a fiction to me. It sounds like a fiction to me as well, yeah. yeah. It sounds it sounds like a something that, once again, they're not going to bring to market because every other product they've tried to bring to market, they haven't been able to because it doesn't work. Yeah, well, there you yeah. go. So I think, um, I, think, um, I, I think we'll need to keep a, a, a watching brief on that one, yeah? Yeah. Hey, do you remember? Remember the NHS advert for Carol here, who was um, who was berating the fact that she hadn't had a treatment. Um, it was stupid of her not to have had a flu okay. vax because she got the flu and she was now recovering in bed. It turns out Carol's either a nurse or a crisis actor because she certainly purports not to be a regular uh, member of the public. Well, she's definitely not a regular member of the public. She is She is at least somebody that the NHS go to to photograph in situations and put on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call them propaganda pieces at this point. Yeah. Right? So, so, But the problem I have is if you do something like this, which is, mm. which is fine. Yeah. But how do you then, how do you then have any credibility? I mean, because she's obviously not ill, right? Listen, listen. Credibility is not a word that can be attached to anybody that purports to work with our government about anything anymore. 
credibility is absolutely shot to shit. It's gone out the window. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. And, and, and once again, this is just another nail in that credibility coffin. This is supposed to be a health service. Their job is to make you better when you are not well. And yet yeah. they appear to just become, have become the propaganda arm of the government. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody everybody seems to be in the propaganda arm of the government except us. I'd like some of that propaganda money. I'm not going to lie. Although, although Sky News is maybe starting to come out of their shell here. 50,000 more deaths in the NHS over the past 12 months. So that'll be 50,000 excess deaths yep. over the past 12 months. Why is that, yep. says Kay Burley. And the health secretary, Steve Barclay, says it's extremely complicated. Oh, that means don't ask these questions because we yeah, can't, we can't, we can't explain it to you because you're too slow and stupid to understand. Yeah. We are your leaders. We are working for you. Or we're, well, we're not working for you. We are your leaders. We are working to make sure that um, your life continues to exist to serve us. Mm-hmm. That's basically that- it. That is basically shut up, peasants. Yeah, shut up. yeah, shut up. Yep, yep. You don't need to know what's causing this or what's driving this, although it's a, it is multifaceted. Oh, of course it is, of course it is, because, I mean, we've said from day one that it was going to cause problems when you shut a health service, when you Absolutely. shut the doors and only treat one, one disease out of everything else that everyone suffers from, you're going to have problems, uh, and these problems are coming back to bite us in the ass right now, Right, and we were called granny killers for yeah. simply stating this. Just fact. stating, stating that, that. I mean, it was obvious. It was obvious to anyone that this was going to happen. Um, but there might be other factors, in, as well as um, just the, the continued neglect of the NHS, because the NHS has neglected its primary purpose, which was to care for sick people, and it hasn't really done that. It's been too concentrated on on protecting itself. How can a health service protect itself from the sick people? Well, we'll go back to what I was speaking with you about last week, that guidance I got, the latest government guidance, which says if you are sick, do not go to a medical facility. (laughs) I know, know. that's ridiculous. It does. If you're sick, don't don't come to us if you're sick. (laughs) Don't come. Carry on, carry on. Well, well, here's an, see, here's another thing. USA Today have come and said that kids are increased risk of heart attacks, right? Yeah. Due to gaming and memes. Mel. <laughs> Mel. <laughs> I think Ben's had enough. <laughs> come back, Ben. Come back. <laughs> ben, Ben, ain't coming back. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> you don't really need to say any more, mate, do you? You don't need to say any more. Right. Stop the world. No. Right. So this is off. this is the one that gets me. This is wrong. Right. This is wrong, and the GB News and all the other channels are doing this, and it's wrong. That's it not is. what Sturgeon said, right? Because the NHS in England said, wear a mask if you're unwell and you have symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's effectively government advice, because that's coming from a government-run organisation, the NHS. Yes. Sturgeon went further. She said you should wear a mask on public transport and in public spaces. She did not say if you're unwell. She just said you should actually wear one right now, regardless of your status, because of the amount of coof and flu around. So my question is this. As somebody in Scotland who, it was two days ago she said this, or was it yesterday? Two days ago, I think. As somebody in Scotland, I assume you've been out at least once since then. Yeah. Um, are people taking her advice? Not generally, no. No. I mean, uh, I, I, I want to say good. Yeah, I wanna yeah. I want to say good. I mean, the poison dwarf, as she is loving <laughs> oh, down here. She, she's... She's in trouble again. Well, but she's not, because she'll just fucking ignore her. That's all she does. See these um, lecterns that she's got made up? You know, the the one in the middle says, the first minister of Scotland, because she's important. Important, mm -hmm. important. Um, but um, they look like they've been printed on a 3D printer. <laughs> they look like cheap plastic shit. Do you know what that is? Because there's no money left. Because it's all been embezzled somewhere. I mean, what? <laughs> oh, you could be right. You could be. So, speaking about money, apparently Boris is living rent free in um, in one of his donors' homes in Knightsbridge, just so round he, the corner from Harrods. Doesn't he own several properties? Well, yeah, but he's probably got them rented out. So he's living rent free in a house that's worth twenty million. And and one up the road is on, is on for rental at the moment at thirty thousand a month. He's told the parliamentary, uh, you know, the was it the twenty two committee or whatever. He's told or the oversight or whatever. He's told them that the gift is worth ten grand a month. I think but he's undervalued it. Isn't it a political donation? Well, yeah, yeah, effectively, yeah. And so at least he's declaring it. Well, so, yeah. I, I mean, that. there is all this stuff just now about the amount of donations that have gone through to to people, you know, to PMs you know and things. You know what Natasha says in the chat? Good for him. And you know what? I kind of have to agree, right? It's how the other half live. Uh, we are not part of that club. We will never be part of that club. No, no, if, we won't be. somehow, some way, we became multimillionaires, we would still be the people that we are now. Um, yeah, yeah we'd, still I, be, I, we'd still be looked down upon. Yeah, of course we would. Of course we would. And the thing is, I wouldn't want to go and live in their neighbourhoods. Do you know no. what I mean? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's there are there, there are certain class of people, and it is classism in this country more than like racism or sexism or anything. Oh yeah, as as there, there are certain class of people who stick together, run together, will always look down on people like you, me, and, and even people that elevate themselves to the level of that class. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. they're, yeah. They're, they're a tight-knit group. We, uh, Natasha says it's a big club. Uh, they all scratch each other's backs. And Yeah, they I, do. They do. They I do. Agree. That's exactly what happens. Mm. Right. Um, so this is quite interesting. This is, and, and just breaking away slightly and going to Ukraine, because you have to at some point, right? But this is quite interesting because this is what... Condoleezza Rice says now, okay. she's, a, she's a Democrat remember, right? Mm -hmm. She was under in Obama's government she was a Secretary of Defence was it? Mm -hmm. So she's quite well up on this stuff mm -hmm. and she is a bit of a warmonger right? Yeah. 
But what she said, though, is although Ukraine's response to the invasion has been heroic and its armed forces have performed brilliantly, mm. and here comes the truth part, its economy is in decline, millions of people have fled, its infrastructure has been destroyed, and much of its minerals, industrial capacity, its agricultural land is under Russian control. Mm-hmm. Ukraine's military capabilities and economy are now almost entirely dependent on vital routes from the West, prima- yes. primarily the United States. Yes. And absent another major Ukrainian breakthrough and success against Russian forces, which is unlikely, given given that um, I think Solidad has just fallen, uh, Western pressure on Ukraine to negotiate a ceasefire will... I, I don't know what that means. Um, she hasn't finished it. Uh, any ceasefire agreement would leave Russian forces in a strong position to resume the invasion when they are ready. This is unacceptable, right? So she she is on the cusp of saying that America needs to move in, I would say. I would say so. Uh, and also, not just on the cusp of, but um, saying outright that Ukraine can't win. Ukraine can't win. They can't win. I mean, Ukraine... You, yeah, I know. I mean, Ukraine are still posting... They're now posting that they're killing like 1,500 Russians a day. I, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. And I, I still I still wonder why they are allowed to, to brag about how many people, human beings, they've killed. I know, it's not... It's, it's promotion of violence, surely. But anyway, um, I, I, I'm going to make a video now because um, I think the time is right because America is in real trouble um, and I'm going to outline the case why and and this this is the icing uh, on the cake because... Uh, Tony Garrett says Condoleezza Rice was in George W. Bush's cabinet or George Bush's cabinet. Mm, she's still... A, no, she's not in Barack Obama's. Anyway, whatever. She's... Um, She's right when she talks about that, but she is a warmonger. She, she's about to say, well, she does go on in the article to say that America needs to step up and send more arms. Now, she, John, she, the West are warmongers. Well, yes, the West are warmongers. Well, no, I think... Well, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to say because I don't believe the West are... I, thought, I don't think the people are warmongers at all. I think this is purely no. a leadership thing. You know, yeah, and, and when, when I say when leadership, I use the term loosely because these people aren't leaders. No, they're not. And in, in many cases, completely unelected. Hi, Rishi. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How we doing, big boy? Right, and, and following on from this, right? Uh-huh. So the Center for Strategic and International Studies has run simulations of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan in 2026 and basically they're saying America wins yeah right if China invades Taiwan America wins and Taiwan still remains independent mm-hmm. right so they've run this simulation 24 times but they've run this simulation on the basis that one <clears throat> America's America steps in straight away don't right? think they will right uh, the war only lasts for three to four weeks. No. Uh, the Chinese don't fucking wipe out Taiwan immediately because they want to keep the infrastructure. Uh, no. Ta- Taiwan doesn't surrender almost immediately. 
and America has access to Japanese bases. So what you're telling me is these simulations are being run based upon, and these models, shall we say, are being run upon a, a, an absolute fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, th I think so. I think so. models of the last uh, God knows how long. <laughs> well, when has a model ever been right? Ever. Regardless, regardless of field or regardless of um, how, who's run it, when has a model ever been right? Because if, if the models are right, New York's underwater, the Maldives yeah. doesn't exist. No Florida. No Florida. Uh, people no. don't buy beachfront property anymore. Exactly. And um, we're all dying of heat stroke. Yep. Yep. So, so the models. Right yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, that's um, Taiwan. Taiwan is critical, and I think China is um, getting antsy now because they're get they're starting to sense opportunity. I'm going to go into this in more depth. So Justin Trudeau has to be the world's biggest troll at the moment. He's actually taken over from Elon Musk. Yes. I mean, uh, you need to listen to this video. You need to, if you, when you get the chance, listen to the video. The world today is facing a lot of uncertainty with the rise of authoritarian leaders causing global instability. <laughs> He's the fucking worst. Ex He's the worst He's example. Which just has absolutely zero sense of irony. I, 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 I don't know. Or is he just reading the script? Did they just drug him up and put him out? I wouldn't put it past him to actually not understand what he did. He, he's not the sharpest tack in the box. No. No, he definitely isn't. Definitely not. And I would not put it past him to, to just not understand that he is, or has been at the very least, everything he is purporting to speak out against. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he understands irony. I don't think he, he honestly thinks what he did was wrong. Um, and I think he's going to get a big awakening once this review is done. Or... What, see, and this is what I don't understand, because these people were up for re-election after the, like, the first year of the coup. I know, and they all got re-elected. And, and that includes Sturgeon. Yeah, and Arthur. Yeah, and Arden, and Trudeau, yeah. I mean, they all got re-elected. I can't believe why yeah, anyone would do that. But no chief opposition <clears throat> to them was running on a platform of we will let you live your lives as you want to. Actually, I'd go further. There was no chief opposition to them at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because I think if there was another way, if there was an alternative, if a mainstream party had stepped up during those elections and said... What these people are doing to you is wrong. We will give you your choice, your life, and the access and the ability to take <clears> care of yourself. Yeah. They would have all been out of power. They would have all been voted out. They would have. You know what? Ultimately, whilst people do want and need a leader, so it would seem, well, for the most part, as we said in that video, which I haven't put out on YouTube yet, but it is out on Twitter, um, whilst people want and need a leader, they also quite like the idea of just being left to their own devices. It's it's a weird set of mental gymnastics that can be done inside people's heads. But they like being told what to do, and they like being left yeah. alone for a new life. See, I, I just... I hate being told what to do. I won't be told what to do. Yeah, in I, fact, if somebody demands I do something, I will actively do the opposite. And it is... Somebody, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, I, I know what you mean, because it's like, a, I think I brought it up on Friday on, on All In, 
if people recommend me to watch a movie or read a book, that's usually either the last one I see or I've never seen them yet. In fact, I've never seen Schindler's List because everybody says you must see it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not going to happen. I'm not going to watch it now. <laughs> and anyway, I know how it ends. <laughs> I think the old thing, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Europe. Right. Right. So, so yesterday, or well, the day before, Tuesday, we talked about it on the show on Tuesday, right? No, we don't right. do a show on Tuesday. We talked about it. The yesterday was Tuesday. We talked about the show on Monday. It was the UK's first space launch from Cornwall, right? Yeah. Okay. So it was all UK space agency. It was all UK, UK, UK. Did they launch it off the bottom of a plane? Yeah, off the it, it comes off uh, that Virgin Atlantic 747, right. right? So, well, Virgin Orbit is called. So they take it up so high and then they drop it and then it bumps up. So it failed to make, it failed to make orbit, right? But yeah. now it's suddenly it's Europe's first space launch, not the UK's. See if that had been successful, I guarantee that would have been the UK's space launch Close. because Close. Europe's Europe's launched stuff before I mean uh-huh. Europe France launches stuff all the time the, the European Space Agency launches stuff all the time from um, from Equatorial Guiana or something like that um, so yeah yeah th- th- that's just a blatant attempt at saying that it's all Brexit's fault isn't it of course always <laughs> always <clears throat> now Apparently, scientists are studying the temperature at which humans spontaneously die with increasing urgency because, obviously, because of climate change and the increasing temperature in the world, we're all going to start dying spontaneously. I just don't care. Because of temperature. I just don't care. Oh, see, I don't quite understand this because I've actually driven from snow, right, Mm -hmm. to 50 degrees centigrade in one day. Right, I have gone from a mountain in California yeah. to, to crossing Death Valley. So yeah. it was freezing at the mountain, and it was fifty degrees centigrade in Death Valley at the visitor center. Now, when you step out your car, and as you go, I don't know if you've ever driven across Death Valley. It's quite interesting because they have all these signs up saying, you know, don't stop, um, don't, don't use your aircon or anything like that. Let me let me let me interrupt you. Go on. Right? Because a point has just been made in the chat. And I don't think it's a bloody good point. It's a question that's been raised. <laughs> How are they studying this? Are they studying this? <laughs> yes, I know. It it does beg a bit of more investigation. They're they getting some people, you know. <laughs> we'll we'll give your family some but, money if we can put you in a box and kill yeah. you. But anyway, as I was saying, so they tell they tell you not to use your air conditioning. It's fucking fifty degrees centigrade outside. Of course, I'm going to use my air conditioning. I don't give a fuck about the car. <laughs> I don't care if the car overheats, as long as I get across I Death Valley without dying. But anyway, yeah. So pulled in, stopped, gets out of the car, and you get hit. It's like opening the oven door. It really is. You get hit by this wave of heat, but nobody died. Nobody spontaneously died. John, you all did. It's just, yeah. you I mean, don't know it, you're a ghost. As a family, 
Right, as a family, we left Scotland in November, right? Right, yeah. Minus four mm-hmm. it was, okay? As a family, minus mm-hmm. four, we arrived in Hong Kong, it was plus 33 degrees, mm-hmm. right? Nobody died. Don't you did. You've died <laughs> seven times because of climate, eh? Okay? I, I think I must have. I must have. You must have done. China experimenting with mosquitoes that spread vaccines without consent. Well, first of all, <laughs> you don't need the without consent part. <laughs> because China's, China's not the leader in this. Bill Gates has done this already. Remember he did this... And I, I, I can't probably say it, but I think Zika had a lot to do with this because they were mucking about with mosquitoes, genetically modified mosquitoes. They were in Brazil, and and that uh, round about the same time as Zika, and then they started doing it in Florida, and now they've released twenty million mosquitoes in California, I can't, I, which generally doesn't have mosquitoes anyway, right? No. So, so what the hell is going on? And then. You know, it's just, it's a nonsense, isn't it? It really is. Well, it's all a nonsense. And would we really be trusting the country who, let's face it, the official narrative is now, uh, have had a major level four bio lab leak Mm -hmm. leading to the last two and a half years to be doing shit like this? Would we? I don't trust anyone to be doing shit like this, mate. Why are we fucking about with the animal kingdom? I mean, it's bad enough. It's bad enough mucking about with ourselves. I mean, look at these treatments that they're putting out, which are affecting... And, and you know, it doesn't alter your, your DNA. It doesn't alter your DNA. But it, it does now. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. 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 Doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. I'm in denial. I am in denial. Electric cars cost more than petrol for long journeys. Well, yeah, of course they (laughs) do. Especially the current price of electricity. (laughs) Well, we we pointed this out months and months ago. That if you're on a long run, it's going to. It's one. It's going to cost you more in actual monetary terms, and two. It's going to cost you more to get the vehicle in the first place. Three. It's going to cost you more in time. I'm currently parked, actually. I'm currently parked in a in, in a mixed-use space. It can be either be a disabled space or an electric charging space. Oh. Right? So I, it was the only one available that was even semi-close to the front of the hotel we're at. So because uh, we went out this morning to Alchem to yeah. get, some, get some more supplies. <laughs> yes. So you took your gas guzzler. <laughs> Yeah, too right. And I took my gas guzzler and have now for the next two days locked off an electric charging space. Oh, well, it. hey, if they make it multi-use, that's what can they expect? Exactly. Exactly. You've got you've got disabled spaces, then you've got disabled and electric charging spaces, mm. and then you've got electric charging spaces. So you've got this bit in the middle so where you, either can park. You don't need to be a disabled electric charger? No? Okay. Okay. It's 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 a it's a no man's land between the two segments. So you've got disabled, you've got electric, and then you've got disabled or electric. Okay. Um, we missed it. We missed our birthday. Um, hold on. I might be able to. I might be able to do something about that. <laughs> um. So 
so young Greta, who is a role model for Norwegian youth, apparently. But, I mean, she is Swedish. I think she might be a role model for Norwegian youth because she looks a little bit like a troll, doesn't she? (laughs) I'm afraid I don't have anything. All right. So it was Greta's birthday on the 3rd of January, and she is no longer a teenager. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Greta, while possibly a lovely person to speak to, oh, she's now outdone her usefulness. Yeah, she hasn't, she hasn't, um, she hasn't flowered as well as they maybe hoped, and I think, I think they're going to drop her because she's really not got the right credentials now to be a climate activist, has she? Well, no, because she's becoming, she's becoming an adult. Um, and people are going to start to realise, hopefully, that the reality of this situation is that this this now woman has absolutely no qualifications in climate science. Yeah. Never has done. Appear, seemingly has absolutely no qualifications in any science because she, you know, stopped going to school. Yeah, yeah. Has no authority or ability to be speaking on the things that she is speaking and is no longer a child, therefore can no longer be... Put out there. Look at this kid playing up. Although I would argue, right, that just because you don't, and that this is this is the part I don't like about this cancel culture that we're kind of got just now, and that your voice doesn't should not be of any less import just because you don't have a qualification. Whilst I agree with you, and I do agree with you, these are the rules that they set. Yes, These yes. These are the rules that they set. When, when I agree you, with that. When you want to say something along the lines of, you know, we're pretty certain you don't need to be staying at home or shutting down the economy or anything like that. Are because, you a virologist? <laughs> are you an epidemiologist? <laughs> and that's coming from the same people who would support a Greta. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they want to. Are you a climate scientist? <laughs> Greta, what qualifications do you have, what ability do you have to look at this stuff from a scientific point of view and say, this is happening? None. None, Greta. You're absolutely right. And and I think it's another example of where science has completely failed. Mm. Because it it just doesn't work anymore. Um, I I saw, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson on on Twitter this morning, freaking out. Because of people not taking something, and they get that guy's lost it. Science-wise, he doesn't have a clue anymore. He doesn't know what he's talking about because yeah. he, he he's like he's trying to justify things from a scientific basis by using non-scientific methods. Yeah, uh, uh, and then they say she has the best advisors, but then let's 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 we could take these advisors, whatever advisors she has, we can take them. And we can test what predictions they may have made in the past. Because I'm sure that many of them will have been around advising mm-hmm. people like fucking Al Gore, right? Yeah, yeah. And all, all of his nonsense was just that. It was nonsense. And it's going to have become, if it's not from the same exact people, it's the same pool of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we can look at the things that they have said. We can look at the predictions that they have made. And how many of them have come through true? Zero. I know, I know. It's exactly that, and and Tony, Tony's quite correct in what he says. He's no biologist. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Uh, quick question before we move on. All right, go on. Is Tate on the list? No, Tate is not on the list. Has something well, happened think, with Tate? Well, that thing we sort of talked about last night, I want to have a little chat about it in a bit. Well, okay, okay, we'll see how that goes. Um, right, so um, so the SNP have uh, mislaid the minutes of the meeting. Oh, again? Uh-huh, to do with the fairies, right? The fairies again. <laughs> Yeah, the fairies, the fairies again. The first minister claimed that she could not find any further information regarding our meeting with Ferguson Marine owner. <laughs> Just scrap the bloody fairies. Cut your losses, Scotland. <laughs> it's not that. This is her fucking hiding the evidence. This is her. This is a breach of minister. Another breach of ministerial code, which she will not be pulled up for, which she will not be held to account for, and which she will just stand up and go, eh, no, eh, no, no, I'm not going to eh, do nah. that. I'm not doing nah. that. She really I, is a scum. And she sorry, really I is. I don't recall. I don't, what do you mean, Nicola? You know exactly what happened. You know exactly where the, where the missing money is. You know. Oh, yeah. Where's the 600k? You know, Nicola. I think it's in that co-op bag that her husband carries all the time. Becky Argyle says, Glenn Campbell, just to be clear, the doctor's union said that the hospitals are not safe right now. How can you say the hospitals are safe right now when the Royal College of Emergency Medicine estimates that perhaps 50 people per week are dying because they are waiting too long? Now, why is that? I'm just going to spell it out for you right now because you closed the NHS to everything for nearly three fucking years and it never reopened properly. Uh, Well, that's the thing. It's not just the NHS. It's the GPs as well, right? That is the NHS. Well, technically, they provide a service to the NHS, right? But anyway, but the GPs have never come back to work. So the GPs are... And, and we've been through this on a number of occasions. The GPs are sending basically all their patients to a and I have a friend right now who went into shock in Bath Hospital last night. Last yes. night. Yes. I, I too know that person. Yes, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie. Yeah. Went into shock in Bath Hospital last night. And they have left him. I haven't heard from him since. I'm very worried. Well, the last tweet I saw was, please retweet this, because he was yep. obviously desperately getting asking for help. But the only reason he was there is because the GPs would not see him when he was collapsing, when he was exhausted, when he was not being well. And, and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to not going to directly insinuate this, but these health problems only occurred after a certain product from Pfizer. Well, yeah, and I think that's the problem because basically because because of that, I think he gets disregarded by the medical profession. I think the medical profession are willfully ignorant. I agree with you. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further than that on, on what might mm-hmm. be the cause because I don't know. Right? Yeah. I simply don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to put any qualified voice to that. Unlike you, Greta, you're not. You know. But um, but what I will say is this. GPs wouldn't see him. They wouldn't see him. They wouldn't see him. They wouldn't see him. And he's been he's been ambulance there twice, twice. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Crazy. Have the GPs <sighs> saw him, got on top of what the problem might be, tried to figure out a course of treatment, perhaps he wouldn't be there right now. I know. This and, and, and this is just one person. This is tens of thousands of people. 
every day. NHS is, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for people that really love the NHS, right? And uh, I, I don't want to knock them because I think the service has the potential to be the best in the world. It really does. But the way they have treated people and the way they continue, the GP service in particular, continues to treat people, it needs to change. It needs to stop. Because all of these hospital waiting times would be killed right like that, brought straight down, if you'd actually see your patients. Yeah, yeah they would, they would. You're right, mate. <clears throat> so, it's just so frustrating. It really yeah. is so frustrating because I, the individual, at, at an individual level, I don't like to blame any individual doctors and nurses, right? No. It's the service as a whole. Yeah, it's, it's collective. Um, it's it's a collective failure. That's what it is, and it, it stems from it stems from the top down. That's the problem. Mm. This isn't a bottom up problem. This is a top down problem, definitely. I agree, and so it's it's more of a plea than a demand. Please, GPs, just get back to normal service. And in fact, if you've got the ability, and there are people, there are people needing jobs right now. Hire them and extra doctors at your surgery so you can open longer hours. And just get back to doing what you do best. What you know, we're not, We don't want to knock doctors. We don't want to knock carers. But when they refuse to yeah. see and treat <clears throat> patients, what can we do? Well, we have no option. We have no option but to point out that they're not doing their job. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on anyway. Speaking of not doing their job... Why are people picking on loads and loads of different things and alleging them bad for your health? Like, for instance, spontaneously dying from heat. You know, um, going out in the sunlight is bad for you. You know, running is bad for you. Um, you know, doing the housework is bad for you. Using a gas stove is now bad for you. That's just another attack on gas, isn't it? You know, they don't want you using gas because a lot of gas comes from Russia. So just don't use gas. See, Natasha says in the chat here, eight to eight, talking about what we were just talking about, eight to eight, seven days a week would help, right? Mm -hmm. I would actually go one further. I think we live in a 24-hour society now. I think we live in a 24-hour society. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we, we talked about this. When did we talk about this? Was it Friday or was it Thursday? Because we spoke about it at length, right? And the problem is... You don't even get eight to eight at the moment. You don't get that's nine. You don't even get nine to five because you get two-hour lunch breaks. You get you get them doing on call in the afternoon, although they don't go out anymore. You know, so really, and then they'll probably have time to catch up on the reading because you don't do that after yeah. hours anymore because you, you know you wouldn't do anything when you're not getting paid for it. You know, um, so I mean, I am sure there are people out there, there are conscientious GPs out there, but remember, people that have recently qualified as a GP or as a doctor, 50% of what you learned in medical school will have been found to be wrong within five years. Absolutely. Now, I, 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 before we move on to actually discuss what's on the screen, I, I just want to give you a bit of an example, right? I was, I was actually thinking about this this morning, about how we live in a 24-hour world. So we got to the supermarket this morning at maybe half past nine, right? And it had been open for a couple of hours already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over to half past seven. But down at the sort of left-hand side where the, the lingerie and, and things like that are, um, there were hundreds of fresh baked items that had obviously been baked that night, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were hundreds of 
hot cooked chickens, hot cooked gammon, hot cooked chicken strips, goujons, things like that. People have been working all night doing that. Yeah. All night. And this is this is the type of world that we live in now, where somebody is doing something 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and people might be on a nighttime work shift. Yeah, but I, I, I don't actually think that's required. I don't think we need to do that. I mean, when you look at France in particular, it generally isn't a 24-hour uh, society anymore because France France still does things like the two-hour lunch. They still shut early on a Wednesday afternoon. Now, where you are, they won't because that's Paris, right? That's effectively and, and Paris. The resort that we're at have a yeah. massive crew of people to work yeah. overnight, every night, reload yeah, but that, fireworks, things like but that. But that's a different that's a different setup. That's a completely different yeah. thing. Generally in France, your your pace of life is back fifty years from where we are here. It's like yeah, but, being back in the eighties in France. It really is. Yeah, but, but that's kind of an outlier, right? No, I don't think it is. I think what you're discussing is an outlier, right? You're discussing a 24-hour society that's based on big city thinking, right? Okay. And and we we actually don't need that. We don't need... We, I mean, we don't need supermarkets to be open on Christmas Day. We don't well, need we supermarkets. Don't need we don't need supermarkets to be open 24-7. We don't need these things. And why are we making people do this kind of work when it's not needed? That's why I'm interrupting you. Is because um, whilst we we might not need it, you're absolutely right. It's obviously we've survived without it for God knows how long. That is where we are being pushed, and it's not like we have a choice. But, and so, uh, uh, yes, I, I know what you're saying, but we do have a choice. Of course we do, but we don't because but we won't exercise it. Yeah, but the reason we don't is because look at let's take the last two and a half years as, as an example. The vast majority of people dragged the rest of us down with them mm-hmm. because they didn't say no. We didn't have the ability exactly. to have our no heard. Pardon me. And that's why we don't have a choice because we get pushed and the vast majority just go along for an easy life. But the other thing that you're going to be moving towards this 24 hour society, right? You're driving mm-hmm. people out of jobs. Because automation then becomes more important because you don't want to pay people at, you know, for doing night shifts or for doing shift work. Great. So so everything becomes more and more automated and people are out of jobs. And who's going to... Ultimately, the more we automate, the more we make things worse. Because, first of all, people are going to need to fix the machines because the machines aren't going to fix themselves. Third mm-hmm. of all. Second of all, um, all it's going to do is impoverish the society, ultimately, because... Even look at look at even McDonald's for example. McDonald's and Burger King in the UK, they've got these bloody stand-up ordering machines now instead of paying mm-hmm. staff. Yeah, and that's some staff that, that are not being employed, that are not taking home a wage, are not able to pay the rent, are not able to buy McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And Natasha says people phone at three a.m. in the morning wanting to know why the outpatient isn't open. She works in a hospital. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's 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 the problem. That's the twenty-four hour society that we're driving people towards, and and I don't think it's a great idea. I don't think it's needed. I don't think. I, whilst I it's convenient, right? It's convenient if you can't sleep and you want to go and do the shopping, right? Yeah. But it's not needed. But the thing is, once whilst I agree with you, ultimately, 
We are being pushed in that direction. There is not the collective will to, to push back against it, even because we and the people listening to us don't really want it, right? That's completely irrelevant in the grand scheme of things because let's look when over a million people marched through London, their voices were ignored. Their voices mm -hmm. were ignored yeah, because I know. the majority. And, and so, unfortunately, through gritted teeth, we have to accept where we're being pushed because there's no changing it. There's no changing it until people have the collective will to change it, and people just don't have that. And I know I'm getting a bit emotional and I'm getting a bit animated, but at the same time, I have been on the front lines of watching what a society has the collective will to do for the last three years. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, John, they don't have it in them. No, our society doesn't. UK no. doesn't. UK's done. Forget the UK. No. I mean, you're still no, get no. you're still getting pushback from places like France and stuff like that. I mean, they're I mean, still they're still, but France is still going out and protesting every weekend. Yeah, but you don't see it. You don't hear no, about you, it. No, you you won't. But the people that live in France see it and hear it, and they know what's mm -hmm. happening. And 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 they've just uh, Macron's just said he's going to raise the the. The um, retirement age in France to 64. Oh, great. And uh, they're all talking about going to strike again. So, uh, Natasha says, ironically, right, I'm on nights, so off the bed now. It's got nothing to do with gas. Anyway, no, I mean, the, the gas thing's just another freaking fear porn. That's all it is. More fear porn. More fear porn, right. So, I've got to give M&M credit here. Mm. Because 50 Cent says M&M turned down a joint 9 million... $9 million World Cup performance. So apparently Qatar approached Eminem to do a performance. He would get $8 million, 50 Cent would get one, right? Yeah. And um, 50 Cent went to Eminem's team and said, uh, you know, what about it? And his team turned around and go, he's not going to do it. Fair play, mate. Fair play. And, you know, if you, if you stand for anything, it should have been do not support the World Cup. Agreed. Um, and, uh, you know, Marshall, Eminem, is a bit of a dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's, he's, a, he's more than a bit of a dick, but, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yep, yep. So, fantastic. Let's move on. Hey. Wyatt Reed, the man that's apparently Russia state-affiliated media <laughs> and is on the Ukrainian kill list. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, here he is reporting about Peru. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we don't hear about what's going on in these places because apparently the US is backing a coup down there. Police are going out and shooting people dead in cold blood. The place is, look at, the, the place is just deteriorating again into lawlessness. And South America's always had a bit of a reputation for this, but it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And you, But okay. you, don't, you don't hear anything that's getting reported anywhere apart from it, people that are like Russian state-affiliated media. Also, it's not something I'm comfortable reporting on at the minute because it's one person tweeting one thing with a video and linking nothing. Yeah, right. To... Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. There is, there is some, as you know, I have spent quite a bit of time going through Argentina yeah. and Brazil, and yeah. I have no doubt, I have no doubt that this is going on in Peru, right? Because yeah. that's quite a totalitarian society as well. Um, yeah. So, so. I I put more credence on it maybe than you do, but you know I, I accept what you're saying, and yes, yeah. we've reported that as he has reported it. That's all we've done. 
I'm not making any uh, other assumptions. I'm just not comfortable to report it as fact until I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. You can report that one as fact. <laughs> There's a tweet that aged well. <laughs> even even it's CNN that's actually reporting it now. <laughs> so it must be true because, let's face it, if it was fake, the CNN would not be mentioning it. Not at all. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I would like to interject here and say we have 10 minutes left of the show. Yeah, I think we'll get through it because I think we're getting towards the funny end. I was going to say, do, do you want to jump to the funnies? Well, I think we're getting there, right? It's so funny. <laughs> so he had four meetings with uh, Sam Bankman Fraud, right? Wow. Four, okay, and they were all about the pandemic. What the hell was he meeting with him about the pandemic for? Oh, I do remember... Uh, <laughs> I do remember FBF saying that he wished to not... not to, to, I'm losing my words here. He wished to be a part of the cog or a cog in the machine that made sure pandemics didn't happen again. <sighs> yeah, well... He's going to be a cog in somebody else's machine shop. Because, you know, this absolute weirdo living in a crazy <laughs> sex house full of yeah. drug fueled. He, he is a medical expert, John. Well, yeah. Well, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. I'm, 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 as, I'm as medically qualified as Bill Gates. I don't know what you're talking about, fact, John. I am Dr. Bill Gates. I'm more medically qualified than Bill Gates. So am I. I am, because I am officially, and hold a certificate, one of yeah. the things, but I am Entenox trained. There you go. There we right. go. Red meat is not a health risk. So, <laughs> a new study has said that all this, all this years of shoddy research about red meat being bad for you, right, is basically LOS. Yeah. And, and I can believe that because it just seems to be you can generate anything to say anything you want. So if you have an agenda, oh, for God's sake, and because because science is ruined just now, because basically science is decided by who pays the most money. Because uh -huh. everybody, all the, all the scientists do is scrabble about looking for funding. Yes, of course they do. And you know what? The last two nights, actually, because we've not been in, in, a, in a... We've had to make some different dinner plans... The last two nights, I have had a vast amount of red meat, John. Quite right, too. Yeah, I have had some some of the most fantastic burgers you can get from a fast food place. Cool. Five guys, baby. Five guys. Twice in a row. And, and if our dinner plans fall through tonight, I'll have it again. Yeah, there you go. No, well, we, we should be all right. We've got seven minutes and we're nearly there. Um, that's quite a good one from Bob. I can't wait. It is. Unfortunately, um, Bob's been led down a bad path by... Mm -hmm. Yeah, bad I know. Actors. Yeah, but, but that, that's not a bad one. So, if, you know, um, no. I'll give him, I'll give him a credit where credit is due. Accurately, and it's very appropriate. Agreed, agreed. And do you know what? I, I tend not to pay attention to anybody that aligns themselves with the United Free Press. But like you said, it's good. Why Spencer talking about vegan burgers? What's he talking about? Why would um, why would why would you mention like vegan? And I'm having steak tonight. Yeah, quite right too. Talking quite about right steak, 
Apparently, <laughs> did you see this one? So Rod Stewart apparently took cocaine anally to protect his singing voice. <laughs> First of all, really? <laughs> but anyway, he, he bought anti-cold capsules, removed the contents, filled the anti-capsules with cocaine and put them up his butt to be absorbed, right? So well thank, done, thank you for sharing that. And, and Elon, <laughs> Elon replied to that saying, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely is. <laughs> it definitely is. Like I said, well done, Rod. Well done. I just don't understand why. <laughs> why? No. I don't right. So this is one for you, Ben. And there's a couple here for you to address, okay? So Nerd brutally rejects women for calling Marvel movies anime <laughs> on yep. online dating show. So would you brutally reject a woman if she called your favourite cartoon an anime? I don't have a favourite cartoon. Well, like a Marvel cartoon movie. No, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't brutally reject a woman for that, but um, I would certainly laugh at her. <laughs> okay. I would so, certainly say, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about, love. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know... Listen... Like, Hold on, look at the difference between these two. In, in, uh, well, let's be shallow for a minute. First right? of all, I'm thinking, why are you rejecting anyone, mate? Yeah, that's, that's, that's my first thing, right? But listen, yeah. if, if this was me and I looked like him and I was in this position, right? Yeah. And I, I go, but I can educate you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think this is the last slide. And this is one for you, because this is this is someone who I think was a Disney person. Who is it? Uh, Maitland Ward. Never heard of her. So it's apparently... Well, there's a, and, and I never thought this would happen, but I learned a new word today, that engine... In, engine new. Engine... Right. En, what would you, how would you pronounce that? Ingenue. Ingenue. Ingenue? So anyway, ingenue, yeah. So apparently that means a, a naive person or someone who's wholesome or you know the girl next door yeah. type thing. So um, and and I th never thought I'd get a new word from the New York Post, but you got to give them credit. So apparently she's finished her Disney career and turned to porn. Well, uh, maybe Disney's missing a trick here. Maybe Disney should should because the, the porn industry used to make no. more in Hollywood. I don't know if it still no. does. No, <laughs> right, so you've got three three minutes. Oh, could someone who lives in Exeter tell me what this is about? Uh, <laughs> that looks like a Photoshop to me. Do you think so? Just to my eyes, that looks like a Photoshop. Mm, it, it might be, it might not. I've just... Um, if, if yeah, it's, that, if it's true, if it's true, could someone could someone enlighten me what it's all about? Because I don't even get the meme, even if it has a Photoshop. No, well, I'm pretty sure it is a Photoshop. That's right. all I can say. Okay, well, that's us, mate. We've, um, we've exhausted... I'm pretty sure that's us... Yeah, that's us exhausted the slides. Right, okay, so we've got a minute or two, right? Yep. So I'm going to say something that sounds quite controversial, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Andrew Tate could be guilty. Mm -hmm. Now you're and basing this on video that's come out from his Hustler University stuff. 
Well, I don't know if it's from Hustlers University, but it's some video from behind a paywall. So it's not public video footage. Uh -huh. in, in which he makes some very, very disgusting claims. But people make claims like that all the time. I mean, look at Trump. Grab them by the pussy. I agree with you, right? But... Also, no girls came out and said that Trump did grab Well, Trump. I think they might have. <laughs> Maybe. I think they did. This is, this is so far six and probably will be more girls making some quite dis disturbing allegations against Tate, which now seem to be completely corroborated in this video from his own mouth. And but the reason you, I you, that's, you can't use that as evidence, though. That's the problem. He's going to say, well, they're going to. Well, they can't. They can't because that's hearsay. That's not a confession. That's hearsay. That's uncorroborated. And and when I know you say it's corroborated by the girls, right? Or or he's corroborating what the girls say, but he's not I mean, really okay. because he's saying something in a private setting, right? Which mm -hmm. means he could be talking absolute shite like many of us do. Oh, man, he could be. He could be, but... I mean, look at the but, shite we talk when we're not on air. Yeah, of course. This is what we do. But, but, and there is a but here. Um, Just as long as Rod Stewart's not near it with his... Let me, let me... Um, <laughs> cocaine suppositories. Let me, let me rephrase it then. <laughs> let me rephrase it then. Go on. He's an absolute scumbag. <laughs> right. Based on what he said... Yeah. yeah, but the problem is you don't actually know him, so you don't know if he is or isn't. Even if, even if I know whether or not that's true, the fact that he is saying it is true. Yeah, but listen to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay, but look at some of the stuff that Von comes out with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And with that, I think I'd like to say thank you very much, Ben, for attending from the continent. Um, we are an island nation. We are not on that continent, right? We? I, yeah. I must run immediately. Yep, and thank I, I've just I've just seen a message that says, a show they want me to see with them, the people I'm with, starts in 10 minutes. Right, okay. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Au revoir, my mon chéri. Uh, so Au anyway, revoir. yes, thank you. I will see you. I will see you on Friday evening. No, you'll see me on Friday morning at 7.30 a.m. with Sonia Poulton's show. Oh, yeah, okay, but, right, well, there you go. Join in. 7.30 a.m. on Sonia Poulton, Rise on BNT, with me and Ben on Chasing Descent. Right, so Right, Ty Ben, and we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow afternoon on the Thursday show as normal, and then we'll be back on Friday for All In at 9 o'clock. So with that, Thank you very much for attending this episode 186 of Chasing Descent Live with me, Ben, and John. <laughs> it's been great. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way. So you can go kick rocks. I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make. Yo, I got a lot of shit to say, so I'ma do this every day. I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. 
You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. Dude, you're on your own! <laughs> You were that in it. I was in it. You were in it. I was gone from the beginning of the movie. Oh, this is better. Ooh. The costume's a bit much. So tight. Предоставлять друг другу возможности развития, быть колопальными партнерами на благо народов наших стран и в интересах стабильности во всем мире. И если вдруг кто-то не понял, для вас объясняю еще раз. Смонтируем же потом, да? And how, how, how is someone like Robbie or the Black Eyed Peas supposed to highlight it? Are they going to make a speech on the stage? Of course they're not. You can, you can highlight it. What, during a match? Well, highlight and it during the commentary. It's uh, the kickoff here in this appalling country's <laughs> human rights record. And honestly, I think, oh, someone's kicking a ball. But honestly, the, the amount of immigrant workers who've died, it's a shocker. Oh, it's a goal. <laughs> Nobody seems to be winning here except the corrupt funders. There are a lot of MPs winning. The Qataris have spent more money on entertaining MPs in the last couple of months than ever before. I wonder why. Thank you, Kareem. So, you're asking oil companies to further lower gas prices. What makes you think that they are going to listen to an administration that is ultimately trying to put them out of business? How, how is the administration trying to put them out of business? Well, they produce fossil fuels, and this president says he wants to end fossil fuel. Thanks, everybody. Three, two, one. Weapon. What Weapon. the Weapon. fuck? What the fuck? Why are you ready? Go stand by. No, to stand by. Stand by! Oh! 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 Oh!
Staying with Christmas presents for the moment, despite the economic crisis, or maybe because of it, people have been spending money like water this Christmas. But how many presents are a waste of money? Now, what do you do if your hair gets tangled? Why, you buy a brush like this for 50 pence and you brush your hair. Ah, no, cry Phillips. Buy this instead. Because Phillips say this is no ordinary hairbrush. This is an electric hairbrush. And how much does this untangler cost? Why, £4.50. And welcome to Chasing Descent, episode 187. Unfortunately, today it's just me, chaps, so um, we will proceed. Welcome to my party, we're just getting started. A life is a dream or a nightmare starring. Hand me a drink, cause I think I'm going on. And straight in today, so we've got to talk about Andrew Bridgeton, who's had the uh, the Tory whip removed. So he was suspended um, from Parliament for breaches of lobbying rules. Remember, um, but now he's being he's had the Tory whip removed because of his um, his statements regarding vaccines um, and alleged things he's supposed to have said that actually were quotes from other people. Um, so, what's an MP supposed to do? Is, is he supposed to follow the party line or is he supposed to represent the people that elected him to represent them? So my view would be that anyone, regardless of which party they fall into, should be representing the people that elected them. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they should follow the party line. In fact, he should go beyond that. He shouldn't actually just be representing the people who elected them. He should be representing all the people in his constituency, regardless. Just because a majority of those people elected him to represent them, and, and I use the term majority in a loose term because sometimes people get elected with 25-30% of the vote so they're never even elected with a majority so let's say let's say 30% of the people elected them that means there's another 70% of the people who didn't elect them, either didn't vote or they voted for someone else now, is he supposed to ignore their wishes? Well, no he shouldn't because he should be representing everyone in his constituency so if he's failing to do that, then his constituency should be the people that censor him. Not, not Parliament. Not the government. Not the party he's, he's affiliated to. Um, they shouldn't be censoring him because he's representing the will of the people, is he not? But this, this pretty much sums up where the... the the party system just fails miserably because we're censoring people that are saying things 
that may be their opinion, but may also be the opinion of the people that he represents. I don't know. I don't know. But should he be censored from saying anything? Um, nobody's producing any evidence to say what he's saying isn't true. And nobody's producing any evidence, despite what people are saying about saving lives, to say that that is true. So, the next thing is, they start blaming him for comparing um, uh, something to the, the bad thing that happened in the world that no one is allowed to question, um, because it's a very bad thing and it happened and you will get censored or um, or even put in jail in some countries for daring to question. But he didn't question it. He didn't say it didn't happen. What he said was someone told him that it was the worst thing to happen to humanity since the bad thing. So how, how is that racist? How is that anti-Semitic? I, I don't understand. And this clown, Hancock, jumps on it straight away. Just jumps on it straight away because he has to be seen. Mummy, Daddy, look at me. Give me validation. Give me vindication. Buy my book. Nobody bought your book, mate. Um, but, yeah, I'm going on TV. He did. He's done worse than Bridgeton's done. Now, at least Bridgeton's been standing up and saying what maybe he believes or what his people believe or maybe maybe he's just lost it a little bit but at least he's actually there and present unlike Hancock who just disappeared for what, two months um, despite still collecting his pay I bet he didn't not get paid I really I really this man really disgusts me he's just He's just horrible. So it would seem to me that the Tory party don't want Bridgeton questioning any part of the narrative. Therefore, if he's not going to question the narrative, they just if he's going to question the narrative, they throw him out. So he's no longer part of their party. It's disingenuous at best. It's um, manipulative. But, hey, you know, that's that's the, the Tory party. And then we have <laughs> Facebook. Facebook wades into the fray, don't they, with Full Fact? Because Full Fact are Facebook's fact checkers, aren't they? And they're funded by Zuckerberg. And they have obviously now become not only a fact checking organisation, but political activists, because they have written to the Conservative Party chairman, Nadim Zawai. Now, this guy is always there. What has he got on senior people in the government? Because this guy's not been out of a senior post since when? You know, really? He, he appeared as the the czar, the vaccine czar, and he's never come out of a senior post since. Despite three changes of leader, he's still gone through it all. So what does that tell you? He's got something on them. He's, um, I think the whole system's rotten from the core. It really is. What 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 can you do? You you can't you can't carry on with this kind of system and and how do you change it? Because the system is such that it's rigged that you will never be able to change it effectively from the inside. I mean, you talk about proportional representation, you talk about, you know, 
what's happening in Scotland with second votes and all that. It doesn't work. It just gives you it just gives you a party that will never have a majority and has to make allies with small parties to make sure that they can carry out legislation. It, it's time to it's time to dis- dissolve this. It's time to start doing direct democracy, like Switzerland or something similar. Because this just isn't working. And it needs to be changed. And, and unfortunately, without it changing, the country's going to go down the tubes. And to effect the change, I think the country's got to go down the tubes as well. So no matter how you look at it, this country is screwed. I don't think there's a way forward. That's the problem. Anyway, let's move on to America yesterday morning, when all, not thousands, I believe all US flights were grounded for a couple of hours before 9 o'clock. And obviously that then had a big knock-on effect. So the FAA are saying their system, their control system went down. This is the first time that there's been a mass grounding of flights since 9-11. So what happened? Well, technical glitch, but really? A technical glitch grounding every flight in the States? That sounds weird. I think we're going to have to keep an eye on this and see if there's anything else comes out of it. It's just one of those odd ones, you know. Why would every plane be grounded? Was there something coming down from above? <laughs> Were we being visited? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing now, people. But yeah, very, very weird. My audio's in and out. Oh dear. How can this be? Um, sorry about that. Is is that better? Is that picking up better? Um, if my audio is going in and out, I was I would hope it's not. Um, it wouldn't be chasing descent without problems, would it? Right. How are we doing now? How are we doing now, people? It's looking looking like I'm getting to the top of the yellow bars, so that should be good audio. If it's not, please let us know. Now, we reported on this yesterday. Um, Classified documents were found in Joe Biden's private office, and it appears that they now um, contain ties to Ukraine. Now, we know that there always has been tenuous links to Ukraine from Joe and his son, Hunter, um, because the big man's always been involved there. Remember when um, he's on file as boasting that uh, if that, that um, attorney wasn't fired, you know, the chief prosecutor in Ukraine, if he wasn't fired within the hour, then they weren't getting their money. And now Ukraine seems to be getting more and more money from uh, Biden. So what exactly is going on? You know, is the money laundering gone sour? Oh, did I say money laundering? I meant, is, um, has, uh, has, has, has things changed? But anyway, so uh, regardless of uh, what you think about Trump taking away declassified documents, because remember, Trump was a sitting president and therefore has the capability of declassifying any document, Um, whereas Biden, who took those documents, was only the vice president and does not have the ability to declassify documents. So Biden took classified documents, Um, and that that is illegal. So Biden's committed um, a definite crime, and um, Trump maybe hasn't. So, interesting. 
another one that we'll need to keep tabs on, isn't it? Mick Lynch, this guy, I don't like this guy. I mean, I think he styles himself as a modern-day working man in the in the vein of Scargill, perhaps. I didn't like Scargill either. Um, it's it's a strange one. Um, well, it's not really because I think I think, and I'm on record as saying that the reason that the unions are being so obstreperous is they want a change of government because if you're a union and if you work as a union or work in a union then you get treated better by a Labour government than you do as a Tory, or with a Tory government. Therefore, it's always in the union's interest to bring down a Tory government. And at the moment, they smell blood, because let's face it, the Tory government is completely unelectable with Rishi Sunak. And, and that's something that we put in the book months ago. We said if Rishi Sunak gets in, they will never get re-elected. And, and they won't. So I don't understand... One, why Rishi Sunak was so desperate to get in, because if he, unless he's incredibly stupid, naive and narcissistic, he must realise that he can't turn the British public round to liking him. One, he talks to you as if you are a, a, a moron. He really does. Um, you think you were in you know, like the primary school class that get held back two years. Um, so you, when you turn up in high school, you're like 18 and everybody else is 14 because you've been held back that much, because that's the way he talks to you. He just talks down to you as if you're scum, a piece of dirt on his shoe, perhaps. Um, the man has no redeeming features, in my view, whatsoever. He, um, he doesn't seem to have a grasp of economics. Um, he, he seems to think it's a surprise that the, the, the country's not doing very well, despite him being the Chancellor, um, while he presided over the ruination of small business of people's lives, um, of the country as a whole. Um, it, it still seems to have come to us as a surprise to him. But uh, back to Mick Lynch, just a horrible, horrible man. I really I don't like him at all. I don't think he's got any redeeming features any either. Be just because someone is nasty to the Tories doesn't make them a nice person. And I know they say the enemy of your enemy is your friend, but... Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they're just all enemies and they're all against you. <laughs> so the actor, um, not this actor, the other actor, um, Vlad, Vlad, Vladimir, Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, UA, he addressed the Golden Globes last night. And our point is what? Well, he, he's begging for more money, isn't he? But this clown, Sean Penn, who's been there a couple of times, he's been to the war zone, you know, because it's so dangerous that actors, politicians and everybody gets to go there. Uh, bands go there and provide concerts and things, you know, they play in the subways and everything. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a horrible place to be in, um, but everybody goes. So he introduced it, and while he introduced them, he was crying. What was he crying for? Has somebody cut off his funding stream? Has he been told he's not getting to play Zelensky in the next movie, the movie of his life? So, I don't know. And, you know, the, the, the propaganda war is ramping up in some amount these days because, I mean, so they're now, the te this is the Telegraph. The Telegraph, we're supposed to be, a, supposed to be a highbrow 
purveyor of news. But again, it's just jumped on this narrative that that Russia is losing 500 soldiers a day as battle for solidarity rages. I'm not convinced. Um, and if Russia is losing 500 soldiers a day, with the ratio being tentatively put in at 1 to 10, and that's the American intelligence services that have said it's a 1 to 10 ratio, so for every one Russian killed, um, a 10 Ukrainian soldiers go down. So that would mean 5,000 Ukrainian soldiers a day, and that's not sustainable. So I don't think Russia's losing that. If Russia's losing five, then maybe Ukraine's losing 50. If Russia's losing 50, then Ukraine's losing 500. But no matter how much propaganda you throw at this, Ukraine is going to run out of people before Russia. And when Ukraine runs out of people, what happens then? Meanwhile, <laughs> the global power that is the United Kingdom um, has, has signed a historic agreement with Japan that allows us to put soldiers on, on the other country's ground. So that gives the UK access to Japanese bases. What for? <laughs> what for? <laughs> to protect Taiwan? <laughs> really? Because... <laughs> It's just, what, what does Britain hope to achieve? I mean, if the Falklands happen today, and, and don't tell Argentina, but if the Falklands happen today, we couldn't we couldn't take them back. We, we don't have the capability anymore. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the sea power. We, do, we just don't have, we don't have the will. We, we just couldn't do it. Britain as a, as a global power has failed. The only reason we're a global power now is because we've still got a vote in the UN Security Council. And really, that, that's it. The UK is a third-rate nation, and it's rapidly becoming a third-world nation. And unless that changes, then these things are just virtue signalling and lip service to what once was a proud and effective nation, but um, is, is no longer, and it pains me to say it. What, what can you do? What can you do? It is a third world. You're right, artefact and reality. Where is the first world? It's a good question. Where is the first world? Probably, um, probably the Far East, uh, places like Malaysia, Indonesia, whatever. They're probably less affected than anyone else. Not China, not China, because China's a, a country of very contrasting, contrasting um, abilities and and uh, what would you say? Poverty, richness, you know, it, it just has a lot of contrast in it. Oh, anyway, let's move on. Now, Plymouth Crane Court um, have, have found this guy guilty of kidnapping a young, young woman who cannot be named for legal reasons before he then blah, 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 assaulted her, right? And his name is Yusab, Waldi, Waldi, Waldi Dab or whatever. Now, what gets me is the people the people read this and go, why can't he be named? Well, his name's right there and the tweet is right there in the tweet. So just spend some time and don't jump to conclusions say, thinking that everything's trying to hide everything. I mean, the guy's been found guilty. He's going to jail. 
and his name is there. It's the young woman who can't be named for legal reasons, probably because she's underage. And obviously you want to protect her identity. So that's why the person's not named. Um, and, and that, to me, seems fair. But don't knee-jerk and don't read things before you respond to them. You know, Take a bit of time. Because we've all done it. We've all done it. We all fire off. And then sometimes you've got to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or I, that's not correct because I read it wrong. So just spend some time. Spend some time. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sydney, um, the, the, beautiful Sydney, the beautiful city of Sydney in Australia, has smashed a 140-year-old weather record as the city has failed to see a day hotter than 30 degrees C in almost a year. Now, that's, that's Sydney just come to the end of the summer. It's coming to the end of the summer. And it hasn't seen a day beyond 30 degrees. I was in Sydney in 1988, um, the city, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it was it was oppressively warm, oppressively warm. Um, but you know what? Weather changes. Weather changes from year to year and day to day. And you get things like La Nina's and El Nino's and all that. And they make big differences to the weather, weather patterns, especially on large islands like Australia, you know, like coming across the Pacific, coming across the Atlantic. So so these things are not unusual. Now, we make them unusual because we seem to attribute, attribute everything that happens in the world to us. And that's not how it works. You know, there are a lot of, a lot of influences on what's going on in the world and very little of them are affected by what we do. Most of them are natural you know, for instance, a, a, a volcano pops off and, you know, it's put more carbon into the atmosphere than the human race has ever. And I mean ever. So, you know, when, when these things happen, it puts our efforts to, um, to, to damage the climate in perspective because, as I said, a volcano will put more CO2 into the atmosphere than we have ever. Um, the sun, the sun goes through warming and cooling periods and it, it has an effect on the planets because when you look at the temperature on the Earth and say say it's cooling, right, and you look at the rest of the solar system, all the other planets are getting colder as well. And then you do the opposite and the Earth's getting warmer and you look at the solar system and all the other planets are getting warmer as well. Do you think it might have something to do with the sun? I think it might. I think it might. Yeah, more tax to save the weather. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably true. Speaking of the weather, so why um why did the Met Office remove this paper from their website? Um which was talking about the recent pause in global warming. And I'm not talking climate change here, I'm talking specifically um, there was a pause in global warming from about 19, what, 1990 something? There hasn't been an increase in t global temperature for almost 30 years. But this paper has now been removed from their website because the data appears to have been adjusted. And, and this to me seems quite disturbing because there is always this attempt to go back and rewrite history or avoid parts of it. Could you remember Michael Mann when he produced his hockey stick that Al Gore you know, loved and, and, 
and touted around the world to show evidence. But they took the bit out before it where things were really, really cold and, and it made it look really, really dramatic when it, in perspective, it shouldn't have. And, that, and we've shown you graphs on here that show you that we're actually at probably one of our lowest points for CO2 at the moment and pretty far down in the temperature scale. Um, so we're, we're getting towards an almost ice age. So I'm not quite sure why people want to rewrite the data all the time, other than the fact that there's money in following the current thing. Because if you don't follow the current thing, you don't get funded. And this even goes back, if we think back to things like um, redshift, you know, planets, um, planets are, they, they work out how far away planets and stars are by the redshift that they exhibit as they're moving away from us. And then people go and take observations and, and ex well, they take observations and the observations don't concur with the theory or the, or the hypothesis. And that's a problem because if redshift is true and is effective exactly as reported, then planets that are adjacent or stars, stars and galaxies that are adjacent to each other when you actually see them you can see the connections of plasma type material gas between them right are moving apart at wildly different speeds and should be completely completely divorced from each other and yet they're not so the people that start pointing this out suddenly lose their tele telescope time they suddenly lose their funding they, they, they become destitute because they have no way of providing you know, for their family anymore because effectively they've lost their job. So they lose tenure, they lose their university positions, you lose a telescope time, and, and suddenly they're, they're nothing. And, and this happens in all the sciences. Science is ruined. Because when you've got people funding it with an agenda, then... That's not science. That's just you trying to prove things to suit yourself. And that's not science. <clears throat> now, um, Mr. Ball made a tweet today. And it, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. I know there's a lot of anger out there. Calls for revenge and fury at the government and the media. At times I too have said and tweeted things that were inflammatory. I now regret that. The more we attack them, the more they will circle the wagons and shoot back. Okay. Where are you going here, Mr. Bolt? So then he goes, if we want to achieve our ends, we need to be more conciliatory and more understanding. Firstly, our main aim must be to encourage them to listen to our eminent scientists and clinicians. To invite our knowledgeable people to sit at the table with them and listen to their proof. Well, I would I would submit to you, Mr. Bo, that this doesn't happen and it's not going to happen because, again, what we have is we have a, an agenda, a narrative, if you may, that needs to be followed. And if that narrative's not followed, people will start to lose significant amounts of money. Um, and those significant amounts of money are provided um, by companies that provide things that are required to treat things. So if, um, if you disrupt that narrative, who wins? Who wins other than, 
other than people who maybe shouldn't have been treated or have been or maybe suffering from treatment but who actually wins because none of the people in a position to take any kind of action are going to win you know the the government don't win the the big corporations don't win big pharma doesn't win doctors don't win because they start stop getting their kickbacks um, the NHS doesn't win because it maybe loses funding as well. So, so who's actually going to win if if you actually manage to get people to talk and they start to make changes? Because, and this, uh, this in my view is why we're never going to see anyone called to account for this because there's way too much money involved, and many many people have made so much money that the only people that are going to ever get pulled up are th- maybe maybe. People like um, Matt Hancock's pals or whatever that that he gave contracts to when he shouldn't have. It is. It's too big. It's too big for this to be uh, for this to fail. It's too big and it's too organised and there's way way too much money involved for them to pay any attention to what are effectively a small group of outliers. You know. I mean, yes, there are perfectly respectable and Nobel-winning scientists out there pointing things out and I I on some occasions definitely believe them other occasions I maybe question what they say but that doesn't matter because they are outliers in the grand scheme of things and they're not going to provide any money because the first casualty of any war is truth and we've seen that you know playing out right now in the Ukraine-Russia conflict but it's not just war, it's war on your people like we've seen over the last three years. And the first casualty, the first, very first casualty was truth. Because, you know, Boris Johnson turned around at the start and said, we'll play this out, we'll see how it goes, there's no need to take any, you know, drastic action. And four days later, we were all locked in our houses and told not to speak to each other. Four days, that's how long it took. You know, to, because they just lie all the time. So the, the casualty is truth, and then thereafter, what did we get? We got nothing but a bombardment of brainwashing-style propaganda. Three-word slogans repeated three times. Three-word slogans repeated three times. And that just goes on and on and on. Three words repeated three times. And that brainwashes you, eventually. And that's what's happened. 80% of the population are complete and utter sheep. And there is no hope. There is no hope for them because they are now in a situation where if they're coming out of it, they are coming out of it one at a time, but they're coming out of it too slowly. And it's too late. They're still, I mean, this is now year four. It's almost year four of this alleged emergency situation. You still can't travel to America unless you've been treated. It's year four and people are still doing things that have been proven to have no effect on viruses. They're still doing it. And they're still taking things that we've seen people suffer from. So what hope have you got? Because if they're getting their news from the mainstream media, they're lost. They're completely and utterly lost because that it has proven itself to be nothing more than a complete and utter propaganda wing 
of government. And that's all it is. And it's, it's probably all it ever has been, you know, with the odd thing thrown in. Because when you think about it, the mainstream media really softball government all the time. They don't give them a hard time. One or two, maybe occasionally. But, I mean, look at Scotland. They just don't give the, the, the government, the, the pretendy government up here a hard time at all. They get softballed on every occasion and they get away with it. Oh, what are we saying in the chat? Stay safe, yeah, stay safe. Yep, Green Cross Code, that's right. Green Cross Code was a, a brainwashing technique and, and useful to get it into kids' heads, you know. Um, just as well we never swapped the driving on the other side of the road or everybody, everybody in that generation would have been wiped out, wouldn't they? <laughs> Look left. Look right, <laughs> look left again. And when you go abroad, you've got you actually actually have to think, what way am I looking when you cross the road? Because it does make a difference. It does. <laughs> Speaking of the banks and the Bank of England, so Jacob Rees Mogg says the Bank of England has let the country down. So the Bank of England has to blame for failing to curb inflation. According to Jacob Rees-Mogg. Now, I, <laughs> I have done some economics in, in, in my educational um, past, and I can't figure out how, when you've shut an economy for, let's say, two years, okay, and then <laughs> restricted trade... Restricted output, restricted services. How, how are you supposed to avoid inflation? Because you, you've basically shuttered an economy and not let it start up properly, put thousands, thousands, if not tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of people out of work. Stop tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of small businesses. That's a whack of money to take out of the economy. And then you start giving away money to a proxy war that's occurring in the middle of Europe that really shouldn't be affecting us at all. And then you allow massive profiteering by fossil fuel companies on oil and gas. And when I say massive profiteering, I mean massive profiteering because why is fuel... Why are fuel costs still as high as they are when they're now below where they were before all this started? So these things are still being allowed. And, and it, it benefits the government. It doesn't benefit the government to put a cap on, you know, to put a real cap on rising uh, fuel costs because the government gets a good tax off it. So if they put a cap on it, they lose some of their tax. It's, it's just a disgrace. It really is. Oh, and um, and here we go. This is this is Scotland. Well, this isn't Scotland. This is an SNP MP. So today, I held the UK government to account for their reckless approach to Brexit, which has been forced on Scotland against our will. Well, we'll come back to that. 
The only way to escape the harms of Brexit and to re- is to rejoin the EU with independence. Now, hold on a minute. We had this thing called the referendum and the people of Scotland were asked whether they wanted to remain in the UK or not. And they said, yes, we want to remain in the UK. Now, foolishly, they then continued to elect an SNP government. I have no no understanding why, but they did. We then have... A ref- oh, well, we then have a referendum where are we where do we wish to remain in the EU or not and as a nation and when I say nation I mean the United Kingdom we voted no we wish to leave the EU okay which we then did that was called Brexit now because Scotland as a portion of the EU voted they remain doesn't mean that that has any relevance in those votes because as a as a complete and utter country Scotland voted to remain with the UK therefore if you vote to remain with the UK you vote to remain with the UK's decisions and be part of those decisions so This has nothing to do with Scotland being taken out against its will. Scotland voted to remain in the UK and therefore anything that happens as the UK, Scotland voted to be part of. So it doesn't matter. They're wrong. The SNP are wrong. The SNP need to be removed. The SNP have no raison d'etre anymore because independence is never going to happen. And if it does happen, it will be the utter complete ruination of Scotland Germany (laughs) now we don't often hear of uh, riots in Germany do we well they have the odd one but um, so they're having a riot in this village because um, the people don't want the village to be demolished because the Germans are having to demolish the village because they're going to scoop the coal out that's underneath it because Germany needs coal because what did Germany do Germany made knee-jerk reactions to the Fukushima disaster um, Germany well known for being underwhel- uh, overwhelmed by tsunamis on a number of occasions. So Germany um, made a knee-jerk reaction to the Fukushima disaster and shut down all its nuclear power plants. And then what happened? Well, then they were completely reliant on Russian gas and then Russia went to war. Well, Russia had a special military operation in Ukraine. The world went nuts and shut down the use of Russian gas and Germany ends up with nothing to power itself with. So, they're now talking about building nuclear power stations, and they're certainly opening coal-powered stations as, as fast as they can. Oh, And then they go fight about it. So, where's the eco-warriors here? Getting turfed out of an abandoned village because they need it. They need the coal. <laughs> Um, we we promise to keep you up to date on this. This is the Idaho, the University of Idaho Mothers, where the um, four was it four um, 
where these these kids were well, the students were murdered, and it looks like Brian Kohlberger has um, made a number of mistakes um, that has led to him being charged with it. We're still waiting for him to go to court to plead, um, but he has been charged with these these murders, and it appears that he's maybe not as bright as he thought he was because his phone has been his phone tracked him. And he made a number of visits to the premises of the, the now deceased at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm not saying he went into the premises, but he was in the immediate locale. So it may appear that he'd been surveil- surveilling them. Um, so I, I kind of I think this guy might be going down for this. Um, but we'll keep you posted on what happens there. Uh, Goldman Sachs. So, speaking of banking, it appears that there's a bit of a, a problem because Goldman Sachs have uh, fired a lot of people. Now, we don't know exactly how many, but the, um, they arrived at their work, they were immediately given, us, given notice, and then escorted, well, their passes and everything were removed, and they were escorted from the building um, with under security um, so that's them all out and there's some numbers being bandied about of up to 3,200 from all across the banking now the consumer banking arm of Goldman Sachs has never made a profit apparently so this guy um, what's his name David uh, David Solomon he's uh, he's brought down the axe on thousands of employees so Goldman Sachs looking to try and hang on to its position as a bank by the sound of things by cutting to the bone. Now, in, in this day and age, uh, that's what's going to happen because you know the days of uh, the days of being fat are over. I think, and I mean that figuratively for companies, because you can't afford to have employees that aren't doing anything. Look at Twitter. I mean, what was the first thing Musk did? He he cut a number of post from Twitter and, and Twitter's still running. It seems to be running a, a better than ever. So I can't see the problem. <laughs> so this train, this Amtrak train um, has been delayed, was delayed for 37 hours. And people were obviously getting worried about their safety and started calling the police saying that Amtrak were holding them hostage. <laughs> which prompted which prompted the Tannoy announcements to come over the train set. <laughs> the train has actually broken. Um, please don't call the police. We are not holding you hostage. <laughs> 37 hours is a hell of a time to be stuck in a stationary train. Um, and I think I'm going to wrap up early again. Obviously, I go through these things too quickly without my friend Ben. But um, I'd like you to meet Brad. Bradley Fiegel. Um So this is Bradley Fiegel at 32 and Bradley Fiegel at 27. They are not the same person. They do not live in the same place. They did have exactly the same elbow injuries that got operated on at almost exactly the same time. They have been confused because they both play baseball. (laughs) They are not related. They are not related at all. Um, But 
that's quite a coincidence, isn't it? So Bradley Fiegel and Bradley Fiegel, um, not related, no, no, no DNA connection whatsoever. Um, but quite interesting and quite a humorous one for us to end on. Yes, it could be Henry Hewitt, couldn't it? It, call, it could be. You could put Henry Hewitt in there. Um, and stay tuned, stay tuned. There may be developments on this channel with Henry Hewitt. You may see something coming up, maybe even as early as tomorrow night. Now, um, what I would like to remind you of is that we would appreciate any donations that you can make um, to keep this fine channel going and to, to keep giving you the news and opinion. Um, and it's only our opinion, remember, because we're not asking you to do or believe anything other than do your own research. Um, so if you wish to, you could become a Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash chasing descent or support us on coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash chasing descent and we would appreciate that you can see it down there in the uh, in the in underneath the slides um, we will be back tomorrow morning at 7.30 on Rise with Sonia Poulton on BNT so we'll be up there bright and early. It'll be both I and both I and Ben will be there, and we'll back as always. And looking forward to it very much on Friday evening at nine o'clock, where we go all in. So with that, I'd like you. Oh, I sound calm. Oh, thank you, Trudy. I don't know if that's a good thing. Do, I, do you want me to sound calm without Ben? I mean, Ben does frustrate me at times. Um, He's a passionate man. I can be passionate as well, but um, I think I think when you're delivering the news um, on your own, it's difficult when you don't have someone to bounce off. Um, and and you know we would we had hoped that Adam would have been able to join me this week, but unfortunately that's not been the case. Um, but with that, um, I'd like to thank you all for attending this episode one hundred and eighty-seven. Chasing Descent Live with me, John, and I'll see you tomorrow night at nine o'clock. Be safe, everyone. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way. So you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make. Yo, I got a lot of shit to say, so I'ma do this every day. I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave.